0: I'm Trevor, uh, I've been told not to say Hagelblad on Twitter as much because it's not the main thing I do, uh, and uh, I'm the host of the show. I'm here with two people uh, who, uh, as as Cliff Clavin from Cheers might say, have never been in my kitchen together, uh, <laughs> Mr. Alex Deegan and <laughs> Mr. Sean McTiernan, uh, fan favorites for uh, those of you who do not like talking about video games. Uh, fellas, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the year-end episode. Well, uh, well Mar- uh, Mar- you... you- <laughs> You fucked up because we're doing Games of the Year
1: 2021.
0: <laughs> yeah. Count them yeah. down,
2: boys. Guess what? I... They released Postal Five. Let's go.
3: Whoa!
0: <laughs> I love. Actually, I thought of you, Sean, because I someone was like doing their like Games of the Year over the past decade list, and it was. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty dire. Like everyone's entry was really dire. I then, think I mentioned one to Dia, and they were like, "Well, what do you expect these people like write for the Washington Post? Like, I don't know what yeah. to tell you." Uh, which totally fair. Uh, But, like, um, one of the people's favorite games was... uh, streets of Rage Four, which, as I recall, was like the only game you played, <laughs> and I hated like, it as well. I, yeah, was, like it. I was
2: like, "This isn't like Streets Rage" because I wasn't seven. You know, it was one of those <laughs> things where I picked it up and I was like, "Well, all the lads are here," but it's not
0: hitting me the same way. Oh, it's God, what, feel, a, like...
1: what a nightmare it would be if you picked it up and then you were seven, though. What
0: if they uh, <laughs> made that technology? <laughs> that would be yeah. cool, though. Like, could you go back? Could you live
2: again? It's it's cool because it's like it's like yeah, it's Streets are yeah Streets of not not Streets of Rage.
0: It is Streets of Rage, right? I don't even know the name of the game, I'm like. You about Rage? the one
1: with like the house soundtrack. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It had,
0: well that was, yeah that was sort of why it became famous. It's a beat em up, and then like I think it got a lot of uh,
2: Streets of Rage 2 has the
0: soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's
2: like, but if it could make you seven again, like okay, we're making Streets of Rage 4, and our big innovation is it's made out of <laughs> salvia. Uh, okay. We don't don't know the particulars around this, but I feel like it's going to be a winner. Yeah,
0: it just made it, yeah I... you get you get Streets of Rage 4, and it's just a it's just like psilocybin when you open up the box, you're like, all right. Cool. Like, I feel like, like that's, right on. that's been like a fucked up promise, though. By
1: like, oh, yeah. uh, like, the weirdest thing is like, I saw a bunch of people reacting to like the Ghostbusters reboot and being like, and all of a sudden I was seven again and being like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking like forty years later. And what a oh, dream! Right. <laughs> I have
0: that's a funny. seven-year-old, and I do not think I would want to be seven again. It seems like a lot of work.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's definitely. I, I mean, that new Ghostbusters thing, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I know it's been talked to death, but like, Jesus Christ, they're going to make one of those for everything now as well. Like, there's going to be like a fucking milk money with kids <laughs> saving up to see a, a, a sex worker's breasts where it's like big Terrence Malick shots, you know what I mean? And it's all, I do What is going to
1: be like the detuned? radio piano song playing at the beginning is it gonna be it, it's like
2: gonna, it's gonna be like apple bottom jeans but just like over like a single <laughs> cello oh, like my
1: neck my back <laughs> yeah, my foot exactly. and my crack just playing over like a very
0: sad piano
2: yeah just or a ukulele cover of, of like to the window to the wall
0: and just like now did moment. they really so egon Spen- spengler's actor is that is that ivan reitman i always forget the reitmans um which which yeah reitman's they made which. like
1: a, they made a computer they graphic, made him cgi ghost, right
0: think, yeah Right back even, so all the uh, Ghostbusters could say goodbye to him. <laughs> Ivan Wrongman, folks. Uh, yeah, get his
2: ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, Kanye yeah, did that right. Challenge.
0: Kanye did that with uh, Kim's dad right before they broke up. So I oh, have to think it was God. Like, God I forgot that was that real. In-
2: incredibly sick maneuver. Um, that not,
0: <laughs> just that a,
2: seems
1: like an on. That's literally an on cinema at the cinema gag <laughs> where he makes his son out of CGI and has a horrible like. <laughs> CGI son like say I love you dad and disappear like that's terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah it's horrifying. I yeah, honestly like I loved, I loved how uh, the, my favorite thing about the the uh, false Robert Kardashian was that he uh, complimented Kanye and said how smart he was. <laughs> now, you, that was pro- what I most related with Kanye maybe <laughs> ever.
2: My, my problem with you saying the false Robert Kardashian is that it's not necessarily the false. It's just the second one to show up. Sometimes that's the true Robert Kardashian. <laughs> Wait, they, whoa, they, whoa. They, didn't fight, they didn't fight to prove who was real. So I think you're being a little bit hasty. Um, I, I thought you were coming you from like a mystical... Like, like occluded
1: second Robert Kardashian is waiting somewhere in the occultation to show himself. I was going to accuse you of watching too
0: much, too much uh, shot on video. To be like your uh, uh, <laughs> your your brain has entered strange new spaces. I mean that is true. That is
2: true. I I, I have really I've really wasted this year. <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think in new directions now. None of them it, useful.
3: Is man, I, I love I love
1: that podcast. I would oh, yeah. say that podcast makes my week. Especially when it's something like really emotionally harrowing that I'm like, okay, I don't really have to watch this, but I can hear two smart people talk about it. Like oh, it's, rare, great, yeah. it's rare that I ever like listen to something and I'm like, oh, I won't experience the art. I'll just hear people talk about it. But when you're describing
0: some stuff, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Get, <laughs> it's I not, think my, the, not my get down. And the revenge are, like, fully aware was, of Revenge episode was that way for me. Not with like. Some of the stuff like like rape squad and stuff like that were just like okay fine like that just sounds schlocky or whatever. N- none of it sounds like traumatizing. There was that one I'm gonna forget the name of it, but about the the woman who like like becomes a different person. The Twilight and Portrait. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, that I was just like I can't watch this.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know where. So listener, this is about live at the Death Factory,
0: which is my oh podcast. yeah, no, I mentioned this a lot on my <laughs> podcast. So which is you're you under no moral
2: obligation to listen
0: to. No, you. and, yeah, and nor fi- nor financial. Uh, um, yeah, no, no. You we, should um, look at
1: you should look at the the album art for the episodes though. The, the uh, album art <laughs> is the best
2: part of it. I do always say that to people, and they're always it's like, true. "Wow, that's really good." Can you do something for free? And I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to need your address so we can find you. <laughs> um, but um, but uh, yes, the album art is the best part of the podcast. Um, don't know who that's by. Uh, like <laughs> like it's by it's by Alex who's also on this call. Some lad? But, What's um, up, guys? But uh, that's right. Uh, it's a real mutual appreciation society here. But like, yeah, I think um I think my canon example at the moment for the show is like, we have really, really in-depth conversations, but they're about like films for like, a woman fucks a gun and you like, <laughs> s- see it and we had a conversation about that that the director contacted me and was like thank you for the really touching, in-depth conversation about my work <laughs> and I was like, "That's it's alright man you know, so yeah, that's the kind of, that's where we're going. It's, Wait, uh, you should... You should talk to the director of Singapore Sling.
1: What's, um, what's that guy's whole story?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember. I remember he made, like the problem is it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'd love to talk to. Oh, Skype is weird, and he's got loads of other films I'd have to watch. And then he might be like, <laughs> "How did you see this film?" And I'd have to go, Boo, uh, <laughs> uh, "I bought the most expensive DVD in the world." That's the real. That's the real uh, payoff with my show, where people are like, "Where do you get this?" And I have to pretend I don't see their. <laughs> their, their communications from <laughs> like God, oh, uh, the internet's a big place. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but you know, you
0: do what you can. Have you thought about talking to the director of Megan is Missing? I guess it's okay, it's just... <laughs> uh,
2: well, I mean, to be honest with you, our episode it, like he should be forced to listen to two two and a half hours on Megan is Missing. I feel like creating the definitive. Uh, piece of criticism about something as horrible as Megan is Missing has definitely said something to me about my my own choice. Astrid made me do it. I I will say that. I I was like, I do not want to do this. Like, we were talking about it after. You just uh, say that because she's not here, man. Well, funny. (laughs) But but also it's true because we were, like, we were, I was after one other episode and Astrid was like, we should do Megan is Missing. And I said, we're absolutely not doing Megan is Missing. That's not what we're doing here at all. And she was like, no, you're a huge hypocrite. If Scum Cinema, which is the term we made up, um, it has oh, to I'm using that
0: as a real term. You guys were so authoritative about. it.
2: Well, that's what that's what you do. You make something up, and then you're like, I'm the expert in it. What are, that's that's the only thing I learned from academia. Trevor. Wait, uh, I'm, uh, oh, no, you,
0: that was a good that was a good yeah. lesson. I told I told Kristen. Oh, sorry, I I, I told. No, no, Kristen... No, no, I've that. just been I've been okay. trying
1: to come up with my own genre name for whatever I do, but I, I always find it embarrassing. I just figure like if oh, if I, I got to say oh, it with your full throat, no
2: shame in the game, my man. You've got to just go out there no, with your whole S-
1: chest. But scum cinema works. I'm just. Yeah. Like I was like after a while I was like uh, what about mind punk no uh you know like that level of shit because you know you know how there's a whole genre of art that people call super flat sort of like Takeshi Murakami and whatnot really okay
2: no I, I don't know that at all
1: but I, it's basically like street art plus. No, it's like – yeah, kind of. It's like the kind of like Murakami style like pop art of the late 90s, early 2000s. I guess people still say it. I've seen it used in the wild a whole lot. Like it's –
0: On nature documentaries? Yeah, just – Buffalo saying it to each other.
2: I, I, I will, oh man, I love those. You know, they don't run if you shoot them. Uh, so, something to think about. Uh, okay. A, a lesson about integrity. Uh, but I. No, no, uh,
1: no. So the super flat thing, though, yeah, is yeah. I looked up I looked up where it came from, and it was a gallerist trying to sell Murakami's stuff to someone, and he didn't know how to describe So he's like, You know, it's like 2D. It's like super flat. And Murakami was like, oh, I like the way those words sound. (laughs) I like that. I made that. that. (laughs) And then (laughs) then after a while, you'd hear people being like, this has like a real super flat kind of ambiance to it. And you're like, that's a word that some... Gallerist made up to sell something, and the artist doesn't give a fuck about anything. So we took it. I like mean, it's not. A, yeah. It's not. There's no like manifesto about it.
2: No, no. And I mean, I, I, I'm not the first person to say. Just want to make it clear because somebody's going to be like, I just checked on Letterboxd, and here's how wrong you are. It's like, first of all, great voice guy. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's not. It's not that like I we invented that. It's just like I'm gonna. We're gonna say this at the start of every episode, and hopefully it'll unsettle people enough where they're like, okay, this doesn't mean like cult cinema or or like exploitation cinema which are all these post-Tarantino terms this is just like separate from that you know what I mean but always like if you get to like because there was a guy I went to school with who came in the first day this guy's one of the worst people I've ever met in, (laughs) in,
3: in secondary
2: school but he basically told everybody to call him Tyson even though his name was like I can't. I don't want to legally action. I don't want to say his name is Kieran something. And I don't you know,
3: think it's, legally <laughs> action. I'm anyway, he's he, he, in his
2: previous school. He'd been called Chegg because he had a perfectly brick-shaped head, and that was ch- <laughs> child logic. But this guy said, "My name is Tyson," and he punched a few people in the face, and people were calling him Tyson at his graduations so of all the way up along. And that really, like, so I was like, "Oh, if you have, to, you have to be an asshole and like give yourself your own nickname, and that's it. And it's the worst thing to do. It's like kind of like the wearing your own." merch but obviously uh, not yeah. the cross punk wearing your own merch because you know other clothes that's the cool wearing your own merch that's a whole other thing but uh but it's like it's like you know you have to like d- define anyway i'm talking about this too much but it is it it is like it's it's that's what that's the raison d'etre of the podcast so i'm just
1: gonna call my genre tyson
0: punk and just
1: punch, <laughs> punch, punch anybody who asks about it then maybe scum it tyson
0: yes uh, but um uh brand shop or like uh Find some way to like combine coffee shop with grindhouse, so you get yeah. both of the aesthetics in one. Oh, so one books, yeah. You could I, to the worst def- people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think good gaze because I like your art and I like. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, good
1: is such a loaded thing in this modern. People yeah, yeah. are like, actually, people who look on the world with good gaze are actually bad. Like that's a thought. Thought piece ready.
0: Ready. Well, no, yeah, but then people people are talking about your work. It's it's a plus. Is okay. good gay's trad
2: wife,
0: hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for a good gay's trad wife, <laughs> God! The artist looks back at his good gay's trad. Wife. <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 so I actually like. I will say I mentioned, um, and I, I, I say this with love because absolutely, the cinema you watch, uh, my wife Kristen would not like, um, or it, it's just not her thing. Like she's yeah. not interested, and like you know, as, as you point out in the show. There's a lot of people who aren't going to be interested in this stuff. Yeah, like, it's that's, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mentioned, I, she was like, what is that show? Cause I was like, I was talking, I was like, oh, my friend Sean's doing this great show. It's called, I just like, it's amazing. Like, I wish I could do like cool stuff like that more often. Like, it's just so good. And she was like, well, what's it about? I was like, well, he covers, uh, with his, with his friend Astrid, he covers, uh, scum cinema. And she was like, Ugh. I was like <laughs> yeah for no you know you're not wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean that's, that's how you it. feel like, about scum people cinema. need to
2: know like cuz cuz we go into episodes cuz i mean i mean certain ones i think i successfully managed to get out of no this is this is a, a lot of layers of jokes i was about to say something that's going to make us seem like a chapo podcast or something or like Astrid booed me for doing a content warning once but it's not because <laughs> like it's not because we're like anti content warnings it's more like i gave one 75% of the way through the episode like a hilariously <laughs> like fucking <laughs> like ass cover that I was really like, funny yeah yeah but um but it's like no we, we have talked before um on a certain about how no one needs to watch intense stuff because there's this definite there's this definite like uh bit of kind of art now where people are like stuff has to be all stuff has to be really transgressive. Uh, they're making us stop putting rape and stuff and everything like that. And it's like, people don't have to watch anything. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's yeah. not it. All, all I'm looking for is honest engagement with the stuff. Not like... But, you but have that's to so
1: f- funny, because I feel like so much transgression, especially the last 20 years, is almost like a nostalgia act. Like, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, much funny. of the transgression I see is coded as being 80s or 90s. And oh, when sure. I was younger, it was 70s. So it's not even like... What's well, Blumhouse, all in all, right? Like, it's not even—it's cool not even about transgression. That's has anything to do with like a sort of feeling about what's going on. It's just kind of like uh, nostalgia for the transgression you saw when you were a kid or something.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely it. I mean, there are so many guys on Twitter who are currently just jim goad from the 90s you know and are and uh, let's hope they're hoping nobody really like. those
0: guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and uh, and <laughs> i think they're they're very very i can imagine they're very very uh hoping that people don't look at what jim goad is doing now uh but like <sighs> i i do think like yes it is definitely this we always talk about feral books man on the show because that's if you're looking at the transgressive art inevitably you run into now I have Feral I'm also you know this is the whole thing it's you have to if you're going to attack someone yourself is the most (laughs) useful target right if you want
0: want to hear Sean totally turn on himself I would suggest um, and then then Deacon, don't worry. We'll get we'll get to praising your work in a second. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, chilling, man. I'm, here to, I, I, here, to, I'm I, here to No, no I just hey, wanted we're to. We're doing warn the you best
1: Sean you. of the Year awards
0: for uh, 2021. You should,
1: you should listen G-O-T-S. to T uh, S.
0: <laughs> top of the Sean. Um, Wait, I mean should... SOTY. Sorry, I'm, I'm just <laughs> dyslexic. Top of the Sean's or Sean of the Year. <laughs> my <laughs> top. My, my new. My new. Uh, that's my post-punk podcast. Yeah, Sean of the Year Yeah, that's right. No, you got oh, it. You we're
2: going to change our name to Sean Defense Family. That's a joke for two people. But I Sean of the oh. Year is a really good name for a oh. post-punk fan. Yeah. Oh, there was one
0: called End of a Year, and they changed your name to oh. okay. Self-Defense yeah, no, Family. Oh, I, I was just thinking it sounded like perfect, like sort of <laughs> Q and not you era. Oh, God. Yeah. Band yeah, naming. Interesting. But, um, using anyway. the word perfect. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But the, no, the episode you did on Eraguro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel was like a perfect example of you basically saying like, yeah, there's this guy out there who exists like this, and it's me. Like, it's yeah, me yeah. Every, every. I time tell you everything. what,
2: if you want, if you want possibly four thousand words of DMs from Alex Deegan, <laughs> you, you do an episode about some aspect of Japanese comics, and he's like, "All right, okay, I appreciate your effort, but here's how. Here's how you're wrong, horse." And
0: it's like, and really "Oh, I don't think I was saying oh, that. No, you were, you were, I was no, trying to. No. That's the only is, attitude. That, as I've understood it, you, <laughs> I, I, I typically describe you as." Deeply unshared. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the weirdest thing about Eroguro is, like, it, it
1: it has a specific place in time that it came about that modern, whatever, it's, I'm not going to go into this, but, like, it, it's it's, good. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, it, like, the sort of 1920s in Japan was a really interesting and weird fucking in-between time. And, like, there was modern stuff that's called Eroguro almost aesthetically will reference it like sort of 20s 30s stuff all those writers from back then like Erogawa Rampo and Yume no Kyusaku, Kusaku Kusaku I think like that the Dogura Magura guy and it's it's just funny because it it's like a it's in a similar way to that people can't decouple leftist feelings from like a specific Stalinist era art, <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. And it's, it's very interesting when like a specific and very real and possibly forever thing has a time attached to it. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that's, I think the sort of like inarticulate insane shit I was sending to Sean no, and being you, like, you, there you, was yeah. a whole culture where people were drinking dregs out of alcohol and they didn't give a shit. Like what they drank was the worst shit ever. And it was
0: cool. People were going blind. Like, <laughs> If you saw Alex's now viral tweet... Hey, at no chorus. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is why. This is why it came about.
2: Time for some. Yeah, time for some. Don't call it manga theory. Manga is not a genre <laughs> theory. Um, but no, I really appreciate that. I have to say, like, my big thing, my advice to somebody is, if you want to, like, there are a lot of jokes about by but, but very, very correct people saying podcasting is lame. It's just a lot of guys in a room telling each other they're great. Where do they get this idea from? It's but, uh,
0: weird. It, uh, honestly, it's, it's are you rude kidding man? Honestly, or yeah. how how
1: how positive are most podcasts? I don't feel like uh, anybody's know, you're, doing it. Typically, typically not very. Uh, yes. Best,
0: no. podcast is best like,
1: Sean of the Year uh, yeah. award. I, 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 I've been
0: accused of being too positive. On my well, that's, oh, that's really? Your, oh, hope yes. punk, I respect it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Wait, what Stop.
1: are you going to do? What are you going to do that take down, like, sort of, like, were you going to bring somebody on the
0: on the I'm cast? I'm about to, to just take down Sean for calling me Hope Punk. But. Get his ass. Get him. <laughs> I to, oh, to just man. ruin a friendship over What's this. the
2: even worse version of Hope Punk again? What is it? Uh, radical Sincerity or something? Oh, oh God. Yeah, uh, no, that, I forgot about me- Radical Sincerity. Metastasized into the Elroys and it's like, ooh, no, did, thank did, you. Did like, you. Did you see the, the Chobani Solar
1: Punk thing that happened?
2: Um, <laughs> the yogurt? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, I was. I saw that you posted it just before I started recording. It, very inscrutable to me, but yes, I did see it. Jimmy.
1: So somebody put up a video of a very future sort of like post-scarcity ecological balance type thing in which people are living with nature and technology together and saying like, this is the solar punk future that I look forward to. And so I was like yo that's a chobani yogurt commercial and you just cut the you just cut the <laughs> products out of it and even weirder than that was like in the mentions someone was like this is the world I'm thinking about. I looked at it and I was like, this is a Jehovah's Witness pamphlet I've been given three <laughs> times over my life. It's multiracial people hanging out with animals. Like, I know what this is. Like, I love
0: <laughs> I love that the left now has a version of, like, guys posting stuff from It's a Wonderful Life and being like, we used to have that's this. What, that's what yeah. I was going
1: to say. It's literally return, guys, but it's, like, for the most cornball. Like, I, I hey, man, a multiracial future where we're not drowning is awesome. But I'm just saying, like... The, the thing of, like, this is what I want. It's a Chobani ad with the products removed. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, no-bani futurism. Yeah, I, I think that's if, you're, <laughs> if your dream is, like, indistinguishable from, like, a couple of corporate signifiers, um, yeah, that's... you might be on the internet, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, oh!
1: oh ah! <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I also have to explain, I grew up in a part of Brooklyn that had the Kingdom Hall of the Jehovah's Witnesses, so, like, I had to, like, I was a child... Being handed pamphlets by the Jehovah's Witnesses, and you that's joined, I, and I joined. No, but that's why I could clock the uh, the artwork like literally at first view. I was like, oh my god.
2: Well, I, I used to live in cool. an area. I used to live in an area of Dublin um, called Rathmines, um, where uh, it's where Lennon learned English, uh, or where the guy who. Taught Lennon English was from, so I know that Lennon spoke English with my father in law's accent. Very interesting <laughs> to only me. Wait, uh,
1: what, what kind of accent is Rathmines? Uh,
2: it's sort of like I don't want to say posh Southside Dublin, but I mean, that's that's about where it is. It's it's uh, it's I, 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 I've discovered when explaining to non Irish people that Irish accents don't sound as different as
0: as anyway. I don't want to be i be no, that's, not,
1: that's 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 totally what, true of every country though. I don't want yeah, to be but accent. Your accent, I will
0: say, you are the one. You're the one person I've talked to from like, um, another like, like not the one person, but like one of the only people I've heard who says like, yeah, my accent sounds a lot different than what you'd expect an Irish accent to sound like or X accent to sound like. And I actually like immediately I'm like, oh, okay, I see what they're saying. Like Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: But when, when you well, point it out, it's like, okay, no, I mean, you, you sound. Appreciably Irish to me, but when you say that, it's like, yeah, I, I see why it would be
2: different. It, it's got all the joy sucked out of it because it's Cullcanny, but um, <laughs> but but no, but so I used to live in North Mines. One of the weirdest things about Minds is it's where there's almost always Jehovah's Witnesses there. They're all American, um, and they oh, all come perfect. up to you. Of course, and I tell you what, if you want the hard sell, nineteen-year-old American coming up to. People, a place in Dublin that is not historically super religious. There's a couple of churches there, but now especially, um, especially, I especially kind of not felt for them, but thought about this when it was in the height of our. We had a referendum on abortion there a few years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they were coming up and saying like, "Have you heard the word of Jesus Christ?" Like, you know, when you're you're in a, comp- a country where like the Catholic Church was. Raping and murdering people on an industrial level, and that's how a lot of people think of religion. We're not going to buy the Watchtower, you know. Like, and people were screaming at them and stuff, and they were. i they probably went back to you know
0: Utah or whatever, and were like, they're uh, not Utah. I, that's, I forget. That's they're, the Mormons. That's I, the Mormons. I, I, I don't, I don't know. think of Jehovah's a, Witnesses are sort of an East Coast thing because there was one the the one temple I knew was in Jersey.
2: Maybe I'm thinking of Mormon because this is all very. Even though I went to school well, with a lot of very esoteric, similar, yeah. Even though I went a, to school with a lot of esoteric Protestants, I don't um fully. Understand. I will say, if you want a good YouTube uh, rabbit hole, ex-Jehovah's Witness YouTube is unreal. I can't imagine. Unbelievable, because they're all really into YouTube and they and they're really good at it. And you realize very fast that's because they've learned all the Jehovah's Witness
0: mind control shit and they just apply (laughs) it to marketing. And Jehovah's Witnesses is marketing. I mean, that's that's the wild thing about it. Is like. Welcome to Religion Cast. Uh, no, but I don't, I don't even mean it in like the Richard Dawkins like uh, you know. It's, it's all marketing. Uh, yeah. It's like it is actually like the the way that they promote it is like you. There's like only a couple seats up there in heaven, and like you get it by making sales. Like yeah, well that's basically yeah. the, the, basically the weird it's thing just, about when
1: I was a kid yeah. is is their their pitch was they were probably thought everybody in the neighborhood had heard their spiel so much that they would just be like they would come at it from like real left handed. They'd be like. Are you one of the people who think Adam and Eve is a myth? And you'd be like, "I'm 12 years old, man. I don't fucking care." Like, <laughs> yeah. this is pretty complex for me. Like, I tell you. are like, I, "No, yeah, I don't know." And then they just give you a pamphlet, and then you recognize it decades later. Mm. <laughs> I, the, I, I mean,
2: in a
0: Chobani post. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> I, yeah, I think like I think the the weird thing about I don't know like the weird thing about Jehovah's Witnesses to me is that like. They seem like Mormons because I feel like if you grew up, to me, if you grew up around American Protestantism enough, the sort of like salesmanship version of American Protestantism as opposed to sort of like the dour, unhappy, or the extremely judgmental version um, are like very, very uh, obvious. And I feel like Mormonism sort of like has that element to it, even if perhaps that's not entirely fair. Mm. Um, Well, the thing that stuck out to me was like, because
1: I grew up in Brooklyn in the area I grew up in there was just uh, like a dude bro. Yeah, total dude bro move. Dude, don't even get me started on that. Not, I not, I but Talk it was just
2: podcaster shit. Anyway, sorry. sorry.
1: It was just it was just like the way I first <laughs> learned about it was I remember asking this kid Cam like do you want to come to my birthday party when I was like 7 or something and he was like no, we only celebrate the birthday of Jesus and I was like huh. That someone had to explain that to me
2: later. Yeah, that's 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 not great, Cam. I, yeah, I. Uh, but I think that I read. I feel like like a bit Joe Rogan saying like bring up the study here or whatever but I read something once some study that was like and it was one of the most important so I mean I'm going to assume it's made up one of the most important foundational things to my understanding of the internet which was proselytizing like trying to get people involved in your religion or something is not designed to get new members it's designed to affirm the membership of the people doing it and that like that single fact has been like oh right that's how the internet works like that's yeah yeah
1: yeah I had had a friend who was an ex-Mormon who left the church and his whole argument was that you know being sent out on a mission was not to actually go to another country and make new mormons as much as put you in an alien situation so that you would feel better when you got home
0: yeah fully yeah that's not untrue. i think also it's like it it serves as a sort of ideological justification for you know anything else that happens in the church that you're not so sure about um you could say like well we're doing good stuff because we're building these houses or whatever right Yeah, yeah um although it's also true that Modern evangelism totally wants to get converts because that's where the money is. Um, oh, well, it's totally yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but no, you're right. Like it is, it is like a. You're you're totally correct that it's like a. a it, yes, yeah, it's, it's more about affirming. But I, I feel like that's is. a pretty
1: strong dimension of every like. Every kind of thing where there's like an in group out group situation where you're getting out of your in group to go travel amongst the out group world. Like,
0: oh, it sounds like you're about to get on a little rant here, Alex. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> just saying, like, I know
1: so many people who are like, I did one year of doing some weird thing and that's how I know the world is fucked up and I'm happy where I came from. And you're like, yeah. huh. Like, even just weird, I knew people who would, like, you know, when I was, I went to college in Japan, so there'd be people who were there for one semester. And like before they left, they'd be like, Glad I came here, I'm glad I'm leaving, man. I figured this whole place out. And I'd be like, <laughs> all, all right. Yeah, I,
2: I knew I knew a guy like that. Yeah, who was in Japan for like a while and came back and was like, "Those people are there." Te- let me tell you, they're all back over there. And it's like, man, I don't think you engage with, the culture very, very
0: you engage with every single person yeah. in Japan. Well, yeah. yeah. that's amazing.
2: It also has the
1: presupposition of you fully understanding where you came from and mm. or like, being absolutely understanding every part of where you came from, which you know. I both never will, and also I don't want to. <laughs> well,
0: why yeah, would you? Yeah, <laughs> funny. Because like, that's it's a, it's an and... utterly sociopathic
3: way of
2: thinking about. Yeah, because the they, they asked Orson Welles like, "What like what was what's your most defining thing about yourself or whatever?" In some really late interview, and he's like, "If you know everything about yourself, then you're dead." And it was this really like affecting answer, and the interviewer was clearly like, "Oh, okay, uh, thanks, uh, Omicron or whatever," uh, but uh, like, Omicron, Omicron, Arsenal is not COVID, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely. <laughs> is he not? I have to say. Another terrible YouTube thing is is guys who are, like, professional, quote-unquote, expats. Uh, there's two guys oh, that God, have been yeah. run out of China called Serpentaza and Wai, and they both are the creepiest. They have, like, they, they tried to start a motor, an American motorbike business in somewhere in China. <laughs> and then made How'd a it lot go. Of- <laughs> well, <laughs> and they made a lot of videos that were, like, but they used to just walk around talking about Chinese people, like, Two feet from their face, and like explaining <laughs> oh. Chinese culture with like a big my, and then they came away and they're like the Chinese government is trying to <laughs> silence us, and it's really like it's it's they're horrible people. They make well, like heinous fo- freedom. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just really really. But there's lots of those. There's only one guy I think abroad in Japan is pretty okay. But there's like there's a lot of. Like, quote, unquote, again, expat, like, ESL teacher weirdos. No, Don't mean to besmirch a whole lot of people. I know a lot of them. No, I fine. mean, it
1: was it was weird because I kind of <laughs> rolled with a crew that was a bunch of Americans and people from other places who didn't call themselves expats because that was, like, a real dividing line. Oh, the yeah. People yeah. who called themselves expats. There was also, like, a kind of class thing. I feel like everybody who called themselves expat took it super seriously. A class
0: thing? Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't imagine that ever coming up. No, you're being sarcastic. But, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, usually. Trevor <laughs> No, because
1: you know,
0: no, as, I, as I was saying
1: it, I, wasn't, I was thinking podcast, like, wait, I don't know if they had a lot of money. It just felt like it would be people who were just like going to clubs and stuff and are like, yeah, the expat life. I'm trying well, to find it's a more It's an aspirational expat.
0: thing, right? Yeah. Like calling yourself an expat as opposed to saying like you're in Japan it means that you are more like uh, – like Ernest Hemingway or something like that, right? Like that's yeah. that's what people think of when they think of like, oh, I'm, I'm an expat is like, oh, I'm I'm doing what like what Hemingway did when he like drove ambulances against Franco.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. but but that's another. Sorry to, I don't know why I would have all these Orson Welles quotes in my head, but like or,
0: oh, <laughs> the eyes <ice> thing. <laughs> they, they asked Orson
2: Welles about they about Hemingway and bullfighting because they both really loved bullfighting and and the running of the bulls and stuff. But oh, but I think it was bullfighting and. uh Orson was like, yeah, I can't talk to Hemingway about that. He thinks he invented it. And that's like, that's the expat experience. <laughs> in a, noticing as inventing something is really. But yeah, there's a very weird vibe of like, they all have, um, you know, they're all like, I don't know, even the partners they seek out and stuff. It's a very creepy thing. Um, yeah, it, it's,
1: it's, it's a definite, it's a weird way to, to kind of build a bizarro like defense slash identity at the same time while in a place. Which, you know, like lots of times, my personal experience being in other countries or being in other cultures, like, I hate being in the situation where people being like, you're the person who represents your country, so what do black people eat there? And you're like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Don't 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 to, don't ask what, me these questions.
2: Don't do not do this to me. Yeah. What <laughs> the fuck? I have to say, if you want to go to a, a an experimental piece of performance art on a large scale about expats and stuff, go to Dubai. Uh, that's oh the god, go, I can't even imagine the creepiest place I have ever been. I have a, had a relative there, so I went there. For Wait, a I was of Christmases. How yeah. long were you in Dubai for? I've uh, never... Cumulatively, about three weeks, I think. But there were wow, yeah. Jesus Christ key key thing is these were two christmases 10 years or so apart and even the difference then was really striking and weird. But like Dubai is very because when the first time I went, it was there was all this expat shit, but there was no Americans there. So it was all Russians and uh, like Eastern Europeans. So a lot of people with a lot of money and that kind of thing. And and the the funny thing is my grandmother who is now dead, um, they got her, uh, but uh, she, <laughs> she she died of all that Sorry, uh, but but um, but she she was over there and she kind of my grandmother, um. was English and moved to Ireland and lived in Ireland to marry my uh, grandfather who was a boxer and they opened a sweet shop. Anyway, sorry. And she lived in Ireland for sixty years, and always thought of herself as English and thought Irish people were shitheads. Sixty years. Anyway, right, so she amazing. she went to Dubai right. with us, and as well as almost falling in a river and trying to bring me with her, which I was a real strange experience. Like she was falling and she grabbed me not for help, but for <laughs> for, for mutual if exploration. I'm going down sorry. <laughs> fully. Like yeah, it's a real a real. Uh, what I assume
0: that's we'll a be- that's like a that's a very. Um, I come that's, from Europe grandma thing to do. That's, like, also that's just a something classic. My, that's my just my a Italian classic grandmother would do. Dubai story, man. Yeah, yeah. That's you're just what hanging out with like. Russians and
1: Ferraris. Maybe you're buying some Kalashnikovs and then you and your grandma fall into the <laughs> Mutual.
2: I will say if you called my grandmother European, she would actually kill you. Oh, uh, but, shit. But, so uh, but uh, she's she's part of... This is what I was going to say. She considered herself a colonial power, I think, still. And um wow. she... Um, she got to Dubai and was like, oh, I assumed that all the locals would be servants. And my uncle had to explain to her, like, oh, no, like, everything is, like, you have to, if you own a business <laughs> in Dubai, 50% of it is owned by a local. Like, there are guys whose job is just signing a piece of paper once a year. Uh, you know, uh, people who are coming to the country need 40 driver driver's lessons to have a driver's license. People who live there don't need any. So it creates a very interesting dynamic on the road. Um, that but That is like, interesting. But, I mean, Dubai is... Absolutely horrific amounts of like there are windowless warehouses where uh, migrant workers work. Of course, there's a huge amount of death in those buildings. It's a real serious thing, but it is definitely expat in excelsis. You know, like you have people go. It reminds me as well of like (laughs) like there's places in Spain and they. I mean, this was a real cheap pop during Brexit, right? Where because there's places in Spain that are almost all English people retirement spain is like florida for certain certain parts and it was
1: funny after brexit all of them were complaining in a literally like ridiculous way of like oh what are we supposed to do now
0: huh yeah (laughs) yeah they're like
2: oh well you didn't tell me that we were going to exit from the european
0: union like it was yeah it was very strange i do like imagining cheap pops after brexit like uh (laughs) like
1: man like, I got like I got Farage
0: just like up on up on the turnbuckle or <laughs> Jerry Lawler being like oh
2: book out. <laughs> the NHS that's, is going to get all
0: Corbin the
1: money. Music. Yeah, dude yeah, I, yeah. I still got a shipment of sex arses stuck in Calais for the last <laughs> years
0: we oh, yeah. love that article
2: <laughs> yeah I mean it, who doesn't uh, the, 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 the sex arse Calais but I mean I will I, I, I mean this is as a the, the most serious aspect of Brexit it has fucked up me buying comics internationally even oh, more yeah. than it has like I, I, I'm I'm joking about being serious but I did have Well, serious to you. Like well, I mean, I've been charged customs on books twice and I've had to contact the Irish postal service and be like, "They're books, they're exempt, they're books." And they're like, "Well, how can you prove they're books?" They have books <laughs> on the
0: envelope twice. And no, 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 it's shaped. like it's it, no, it's a it's a it's a it's like a uh it's a it's, a, it's, like, a, it's, a, it's like the the art versus pornography issue. Yeah, like, with well, this books, I know when I say books. Them. Like yeah. I don't think this is a book to be this is art. But like, I mean, this to... is no, it there was just table. someone
1: who hated the graphic novel versus comic thing. And they were coming
3: down hard on the Oh, you think
2: to, uh... you deserve to be in a library? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, look, you don't know pain until you've tried to buy the new 25-page issue of Love and Rockets and seen the shipping is $30 as the oh, only Jesus, available shipping man. option. So, uh, so yeah, that's what, that's what Brexit you, has you done. Can, you can only say, I mean, honestly, the only thing you can say worth it yeah I mean uh, sadly <laughs> I think I ended I think I got it slightly cheaper but not that much there's only one consistently good uh comic shipper internationally for me that, I mean I don't mean to be smirch anybody but there's the, the one that's always on time never fails is uh Gato Saurio which is yeah oh, yeah run yeah, yeah, yeah a, run by, right, yeah, run by Inez, uh, yeah yeah in his uh Estrada uh in in Mexico and like all was on time, like just amazing. Like uh, I think runs with Valus, um, I think, at the moment, and and like just incredible stuff. If you're if you're looking for stuff to spend your Christmas money on, folks, please go to uh, Gato Sorrow, yeah. and you will get the stickers that I cover my house with because I am thirty two. And it's uh, funny
1: you should say that because I have comics I was supposed to send to a distributor last week, and I agreed to, and I just remembered now because you're telling me. Yeah, that's so, uh that's it's like go. the American
2: comics <laughs> experience. All right, that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and again, I don't besmirch any, because, you know, there's people, you could easily fall into that fan thing of, like, why aren't they working harder at the thing they make a huge loss on? But, like, you know, it's... Yo, uh,
1: it's just laziness. Yeah. yeah. It's just to to antagonize the fans. That's why anybody
2: does anything. I had to be talked out of starting a European comics distro by my wife. Oh, God, no. uh, Please don't. She did that by showing me existing ones and being like... You haven't heard of this, have you? And I'm like, no. Why? And she said, think about that. You think about this shit all the time, and yet you haven't heard of these people. They have a house full of these fucking. They have a house full of king cat. They're never going to get that back. They have to burn them in a waste. You know, it's like, oh Jesus. That's funny because I
1: feel like the uh, the gosh London dudes were always on top of it. But oh no, they yeah, they're
2: yeah, they're gosh London. I mean, if you're in gosh comics in London, it's like that's one of the things. I haven't been over to London in ages, and that's, I used to go there twice a year, and they'd be like, oh, here he is. And I do like have a pile of shit. That's like, oh man, is there anything people are talking about that I don't have? I did manage to very airily say I didn't like. Um, I think I told you this, Alex uh, Anton Casse uh, um, comics, who was uh, and that's crazy because you're wrong. He's like, yeah, my no, I, I, I reconsidered. Person. Yeah, I reconsidered. A, a comic artist I respect a lot uh, said I was wrong, and I got to can't remember who that, but uh, <laughs> who was it? But no. uh, <laughs> 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 comic X was. Uh, but yeah, was I managed was to was say Keith, and, Keith Jaffe yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like yeah exactly the, the the folding guy from Mad Magazine but yeah. I uh, <laughs> I said oh I don't like I don't really like his work to a guy who I was like as I was saying it I was like this is the guy who edits uh, Breakdown Press. Who yeah, uh, is, is it so, it's like
1: one of his best friends who he yeah. drinks with. Yeah, and,
2: and I was like saying it in slow motion. I was like, <laughs> but uh, but I think I bought it right. Very nice Breakdown Press again. Great great comics. Um, uh, and great 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 bunch of lads. I feel I feel like I'm advertising stuff now. Yeah. I'm doing a gift. it's an
0: end of year episode. It's an end of the year. So I wanted to ask you to um something and 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 feel free to tell me if you don't want to answer it um we all get off the call at the same time it's, <laughs> it's, no, how do i hang no. up with this guy yeah yeah uh no um so uh, as an end of the year thing i'm not gonna ask you your favorite video games of 2020 uh <laughs> oh yeah uh, i
1: got one i got one though what's your favorite video game of 2020? moon play moon oh. Oh, oh Moon, okay. Remix right. RPG. I pl- haven't played it in 10 years. I figured it was all crazy nostalgia What from when I was, like, learning Japanese. It was in Japan and bought it, and there's no way it was as
0: magical. It's magical. It's it's still an amazing thing. That's You're, pre- like, the one person in the world who's played Moon before it got released now. That's pretty cool. I don't know. I, I, well, the one American person. Yeah, I was I, like, well, finally, I, Moon. I, I was I surprised that
1: never got a fan translation because, like... It was one of those things like Mother 3 that people were clamoring for. I'm surprised nobody did it until it got an official
0: uh, – Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's – it. Fan translations are a weird business. Um, in a lot of ways, like opening up your own comic distributor. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, am, I, am I right in saying that wholly uncontroversial figure Tim Rogers did the translation for Moon Remix RPG? I think oh, he did. did he? I don't that like right? it. Yeah. Bad game. Bad game. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Tim if, if you're hearing this, Tim, I'm I'm uh, I'm neutral on you. So um um yeah. Uh, but uh, neutral. Uh,
1: but, I don't even <laughs> know. I don't even know who you are. I'm just reacting to translations
0: and games. All oh, right. Okay. You're
1: uh, <laughs> you're <laughs> I. I'm, the, the only, only thing, thing I'm neutral on, neutral on Tim is, Rogers is feels people. like you're
0: kind of trying to rewrite history here.
1: You know, I'm, I'm positive <laughs> on art and neutral on people. I yeah. have no opinions <laughs> on individuals. This
0: guy's, this guy's dropping
3: in
2: and shooting. I, yeah, yeah. Blew and my I'm negative mind. on
1: ghosts. Yeah. I'll None of you them. motherfuckers show up on Christmas Eve to show me the future or the past. Yeah, or who the needs present. that shit? I don't shit. want to know.
2: Jingle those chains somewhere else. Yeah, I I have a video game of the year, and it's Hitman Three, and uh, ah, <laughs> I uh, and also that Desperados Three game. Don't know if that came out this year, but that's uh, that's another. I don't I even s- know what that is. Oh, it's so good. It's like it's it's like it's a tactical it's it's like an rts sort of it's like a stealth game but you go between different cowboy characters and it's like i'm a cowboy <laughs> there's a snake in my boot but you're like each of them have individual skills and you're doing all these stealth missions and stuff uh this probably lines up with the fact that i well, been unemployed most of this year so i was able to put 100 hours into this which i wouldn't normally do with video games and i was
0: really really into it um Desperate 3 is fantastic no one, no one from the audience will be able to relate with that no, no one no, from no, my really. audience yeah. has ever put a um, but, but
2: it wasn't years. it wasn't because uh, I my industry was affected by COVID it was just because of sin and slothfulness <laughs> I just decided that I was like oh I'm gonna not work for a while because I'm people not just kidding. don't want to work anymore yeah, just, you're like cool Desperado yeah, yeah exactly um, yes I've uh, yeah I've got my hair slicked back in an electric car but <laughs> uh, but cool yeah, those are anyway Trevor right, you were you're about you're a
0: Garth Ennis character
2: that's not too bad but you were gro- we were going to ask about a question. We didn't. Oh,
0: well, but no, that's great. I, this is a good start to this question. I, I'm, I'm curious about some of your favorite media from the year, okay. um, because you both have stuff that I consider some of my favorite media of the year. Um, uh, Sean, of course, your podcast live at the death factory. Um, I've talked quite a bit about your other, your other podcast, but I don't, I think I, uh, yeah. Thousands of uh, hundreds of dead, pixelated dead bodies is last year. So yeah, that, yeah. so live at the Death factory is the only one I can say for this year. Um, I only found out who you that we that you followed me on Twitter. I've only followed out
1: found out that you were on twitter by talking about that and then you like faved it and were like yes that's me and
2: i was like what the fuck <laughs> i tried to talk to you several times i was like man i really like these comics and i i want to be friends with this guy and then you were like yeah sure and i was like oh shit and then i saw you mentioned the podcast and i was like is he trolling me is this trolling is this, I'm, I'm being complicatedly trolled by this guy this seems like this guy he doesn't have any words in his comics what's he talking about but no, um, it's,
1: it's also funny because like I know three people who make comics who all listen to your podcasts, and we would uh, we would especially during all units era would would talk about them while they were happening, and oh. so I figured you were someone wow. who, who was secretly on Twitter not on Twitter, and so then like when you were like yeah that's me, I was like oh
3: shit.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah i appreciate that it's because my boss listened to my one episode of a previous podcast so i never mentioned i think i do recently uh but i never mentioned my my handle or whatever anyway who cares about we've had enough sean appreciation uh, but, okay, yeah, but yeah, the, yeah no no
0: never <laughs> enough um but yeah no i uh i do think it was funny the one time I, I will say my sean story is i tried to i someone was like you should have sean on uh on no cartridge i was like that sounds great and i looked and you you had sent me a message that somehow i had missed like a year earlier, and you were like, hey, I should go on No cards. <laughs> like, that would be fun, right? Yeah, I was like, like oh you God, don't, I I you don't screw know me. Up. I was like, you
2: don't <laughs> know me, but but please, I, I could please. That's when I was like, all units is going to be the most professional, easy to get into. A thing that turned into like one step below Freemasonry in terms of how complicated it is to listen to and enjoy. But um, but yeah, no, that was that was very funny was, to see my begging <laughs> um, message there at the top.
0: But immediately I was like, oh, God, I screwed this up. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. But well, uh, that's 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 a, that's a lesson for everyone. Everyone, uh, for all of you in the audience, everyone thinks they're screwing up all the time. Um, that's I'm a, sure that's a universal experience. And oh, not absolutely, just me. yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm curious as to like some of your favorite media from the year, and I'll 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 throw one out there. I've talked about this in the podcast. Um, actually, you know what? No, this doesn't count from this year because it couldn't have been from this year because the uh, it was on his roundup. But um, I think like in the spirit of. You recommending me read uh, The Sluts. Um, yes. Uh, I want to share the love. Uh, I, I love um, Live at the Death Factory. I also love uh, the comics Alex uh, has sent me, um, some of which are available, some of which are not. Uh, just like a little bit of a small friend brag there. Oh, um <laughs> But yeah, um, uh, so those are some of my favorite media of the year, absolutely. Um, and I can go off and explain as to why. Uh, since we haven't talked much, it's about funny because I'm ra- I'm
1: racking my brain. I have no idea what came out this year and what haven't. It's a cliche. Well, just this... whatever
0: you enjoyed this year. I mean, like it doesn't have to be something that came out this year. I, I do have something this year that I thought that
2: I think probably people might swing past. That I, that is okay. that is pretty good. So there's this um there's this uh, documentary called um, Life of Crime, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it is. This is fucked up, right? Like, so this—I'm just going to say it now. This is this is a uh, little thing I like to call scum cinema. So there was this—he oh, wow. <laughs> uh, did it. There was this documentary called One Year in the Life of Crime that came out in 1989, right? That was about these two guys who were um, basically shoplifters in New York. And um, can I be more specific than New York? I should be, but no. Uh, and uh, they're like stealing stuff or whatever, and it tracks their lives and kind of what happens to them. What was interesting about this, first of all, you see them commit lots of crimes and their life gets very fucked up, but it's very, it's a very strange vibe in the documentary.
1: this This is a documentary. Yes, okay. is, uh, I,
2: is, yeah, yeah. these Safties are very uh, into this, I think. Uh, but uh I that's not the context I saw it in, but I've heard that afterwards. Huge so, uh, Safety fan, Sean McTearn. I, I do like I, I, sadly that is guilty as charged. Is that true? I, I but, thought
0: you, I thought you generally did not like it. No, A24 that was stuff. me. That that was me who didn't like uh, the Safties, right. I think. And
2: that's old man Degan. That's that's no, no I'm I'm here you for you don't um,
0: like Blumhouse stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's our if we Funko's I'm the non Blumhouse one and Degan is the non- I also think A twenty four is funny. But anyway, so 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 one year i in a life of crime is this documentary with these two guys the director is very weird because he like Hector's people it's kind of like a Nick Broomfield thing where instead of pretending to not exist or whatever he will like shout questions or whatever and uh, and, and then like uh, kind of um people would be like why are you shouting to me John or whatever so that's the first one is interesting they made one 10 years later called life of crime 2 and it is devastating
1: Wait, so so where do they end up 10 years this later? is it
2: right so 10 years later it's and it's really really harrowing because they have all developed some level of dependency on heroin and um they've they've been in and out of jail they've been kind of trying to get clean and all this kind of stuff and it's very it's very hard to watch because it's it's one of these documentaries where it's a HBO documentary in the 90s, so two things. The music supervision is absolutely deranged. Uh, <laughs> like, it opens with, like, the Macarena or something. It's, it's completely oh, bizarre. Um, but it's also the most harrowing shit you're ever going to see, right? Because it's, like, people inject shoot up on, on camera. Um, people are, like, you know, visibly decaying. It's really, really horrible. Your man, John, who has clearly been in touch with them, is, like, shouting stuff at them or trying to get them help or that kind of thing. So... Those two documentaries exist. One came out this year are called Life of Crime, 1984 to 2020. And what it does is it's two hours long. First half an hour is a condensed version of One Year in a Life of Crime. Second half an hour, roughly, is Life of Crime 2, condensed into half an hour. And then the last hour is, I mean, the title is kind of a spoiler, but it's like it's the end of the documentary, basically. So... You have this project that is like
1: I think I think you could probably figure out where things end up going.
0: I don't think there's gonna be fully, like yeah. a, a third act <laughs> there's, like, there's, Spoiler well, alert, these guys don't end up going great.
2: Well there's it's actually I don't want to say anything but it's more complicated than it might seem oh, and, and it's got oh. a, it's got a very affecting oh that's good here yeah. I thought
1: it was going to be one of those things where it was just like here watch these people die oh
2: no <laughs> no and that literally happens at one stage but yeah. uh, but no no it, it is very harsh and I will say there is like footage of bodies and stuff in uh, it like, very, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. very harsh this guy is he's one of these kind of weird documentarians where he doesn't he doesn't seem to have a lot he's kind of like you know a kind of down and dirty guy who doesn't you know, he's he's very confrontational and and doesn't have all the, the rules in his it's not that he isn't technically skilled, it's that there's a usual kind of pattern of approach documentarians tend to use. The more interesting ones all break it, you know, from like Wiseman to um different different kind of guy, you know. But this guy anyway. But it is more complex than you might seem. It's heartbreaking. It's more complex in a way that it's okay. even more upsetting but um but yeah, that's good
1: I, because i was just picturing something like larry clark should have just kind of like uh sort of like voyeuristic or whatever but no it's not it doesn't do that uh
2: it is kind of halfway between that because it is because i'm a kind of a connoisseur not connoisseur i'm a i'm a shameful enjoyer shall we say of these 90s <laughs> hbo documentaries and i've well,
0: like seen that frat house one
2: yeah i, I mean but that, that one is staged which Wait, kind of makes it interesting sean, sean
1: have we ever talked about small town ecstasy you ever oh my
2: that? god small town ecstasy is fucked it's the weird, oh we talked about before. Ecstasy dad,
0: man. Yeah, I, oh, have you ever seen Small Town ecstasy Trevor? No, no, I don't know anything about it. Ooh, that's your I, assignment for
1: next. For, yeah, for <laughs> the next time we all
2: get together. <laughs> it, it's it's about like it's about a dad who gets into the, the he gets this, into he,
1: raving. Yeah, but it's specifically a kind of like suburban. Sort of mid to late '90s raving. It's very core. but the thing is, it's a dad with two sons, and I think one is middle school and one's like mid high school. So it's a oh. dad like dressing like mid '90s rave and doing ecstasy with like his kids and his kids' friends. Yeah, and it post divorce, weird. It yeah. is dark as fucking, super weird.
2: There, there's a scene, the one, the shot I always remember is him with his arms around, I think, the 16-year-old and the 14-year-old. And they're all rolling and chewing the jaw off themselves. And um, it's just. And he's really...
1: probably straight up wearing a visor, like a tennis visor upside down. Yeah, yeah. Just it, in that it, kind of era. Small tennis,
2: but that's like, that is the perfect HBO documentary. Yeah, see, like, that's the
1: kind that I'm into, mainly because you don't see anyone die on camera. But they used to have once in the 90s where it'd be people like, uh, yeah. Like,
2: well, the, one of the other guys' documentaries is high on crack street. Like, yeah, that's, that's exactly the one I
1: was oh, thinking of. No, yeah. like here's a crack whore giving head for, you know, like, okay, thanks Yeah, you.
2: yeah, there's those, I mean, those ones are awful, but I did, I think because of my um, sheltered existence up a mountain, um, I, I did watch those when I was a teenager <laughs> as well. Like, I think the reason I got into weird films was I got into some private tracker to see more documentaries with like, you know, like sick, or this kind of stuff we talk about in Life at the Death Factory, like um, Citizen Shane or, or Dead Hands Dig oh. Deep or something. But one, like Life of Crime, 1984 to 2020, it's harrowing. It's really confrontation. There is like it's really sad, but it is basically like that seven-up project where that guy checks in with people every seven years. Oh god. But
1: a, that, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That but seven a, up project actually freaks the hell out of me because I had never seen it and I saw like sort of digest about it in like probably the turn of the last century. And the thing that was the weirdest about it is it kind of showed, like, the crazy desperation of the bourgeoisie. It was like everybody's not unhappy, but they're definitely not happy. And it was just a bunch of grimacing people with, like, sweaters in their yeah. houses. just like – I was like, oh, my God, man.
0: Seven I learned about that weird. via The Simpsons parody. So, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of, like – there's a sort of uh, trouble there as well. The, it's the just funny because
1: I've also never seen any actual one of them. I've seen the digest of them about them at the like the 2000s when everything was in retrospective. The,
2: they're very yeah. hard to watch like marathon, even though it seems like that would make sense because they all contain because it was more difficult to see them. They all contain footage from the previous ones. Yeah. So oh, I watched okay. all of them in a row years and years ago, like 10 years ago. And it did get very, very repetitive. But I will this say is very <laughs> difficult. I, of course, did it. I, of course, did <laughs> <Sean yes. McTeared laughs> it. <indoor. laughs> I I began to beat myself with a switch to more uh, effectively enjoy it. But I will say there's almost no, there is kind of, but not really a a, a kind of a, like the, the project has the flaws it started off with. So the class analysis is really basically non-existent sort of in it or very clumsy and the gender stuff as well is pretty kind of weird and and they, one thing one thing that's interesting about the 7-Up stuff is that he does let them or include them complaining about it because uh, over the course of each one, because oh, there are these three hour documentaries he goes and picks them up some people drop out I think the most the most kind of kind of striking example is a guy dropped out just after I think three of them and uh, has tried to get himself legally tried to get himself removed from retrospective footage from every but, subsequent but one. What was, the, wow. what was the
1: thing? Their parents agreed to it when they were seven. I yeah, mean, that's, and they that's... check
2: in with them every seven years. Yeah, it's very yeah. weird. It's very weird. I think I think it was basically the 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 pitch was give me the child at seven and I'll show you the man is the is the phrase <laughs> right? Like, but yeah. but this guy who dropped out he dropped out after after three of them which is totally reasonable obviously but he went and he dropped out because he's a professional documentarian who works for BBC and he oh, seems wow. to hate these films and is trying to get himself taken out of them and stuff very interesting kind oh, of circumstance yeah. yeah yeah and then another guy ends up living in kind of the hills in Wales and he obviously has very serious kind of um, he, he suffers from what people on Twitter call the mental health and uh, he, there's there's other mm. like there's one guy who's a scientist it, it's kind of there's another guy who it's 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 quite complicated but a lot i just of them ha, i just
1: have memories of it uh, that started in the 70s probably right or the late further the back
2: i think let me let me check um,
1: I, I just remember seeing like the one from the year 2000 or thereabouts and it was just kind of like people in living rooms being like like i moved to america and you know i, I say i'm quite happy and and to me that's an exaggeration but americans and like, he's like just kind of like sweating and grinning and his wife is grinning and everybody's like sort of like Everybody just looks so deeply uncomfortable, which is weird considering they've spent a part of their life being filmed. You think,
2: but it's know. it's a very weird. So it started in '64. Oh Jesus um, Christ! I know it was later than that. And it's yeah. ten males and yeah. four females. It says very winsomely on the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but um, when they were seven years old. <laughs> but it, it's it's he just he just followed it all the way up along, and um, it's it is interesting, but it's it's not it's not unflawed If you, I mean the last one was 63 up which I think because the same guy directed all of them that's another kind of mind-blowing thing about it so that guy is 79 currently I think um, he was a researcher I think on the first one and then he has been involved in all of them up along.
1: Well, come on, researchers being involved with children's development from age seven up. What, what could go wrong?
2: What with could that? go indeed? What could go wrong? Uh, yes. maybe, boy. Maybe you'll put on a,
1: a bunny mask and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, threaten ch- your children until they're afraid of actual rabbits. Uh, Some cool ch- shit like that could happen.
2: That, that no, that must be in the extras because I didn't encounter <laughs> that. But I, I will say that it is. The 7-Up series is interesting, but I think for the absolute other end of it, this life of crime thing is, I'm not going to say it's, it's maybe one of the most ethically compromised documentaries I've ever seen. Like the guy is like shouting at people while they're shooting up to be like, you need to change your life. The people are, and I mean, the heartbreaking thing. Oh, that's, but that's so complicated because the shouting at somebody
1: from behind the camera while you're kind of like filming their thing whether you would say it's purient or lurid filming of it still it seems that seems very 90s of having it both ways of like having the freak show and also being like I run the freak show to help the freaks kind of like.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it is the Nick Broomfield thing down to the ground, right? Where it's like, look at this shit. I'm here as well. Uh, This is fun. But I mean, the guy means, he's one of these, I think he's quite a punk guy where he's like, where, which means that he has no nuance. And he's like, (laughs) I don't want people to take drugs. If I can't get people, these people to stop, I'm going to make these people an example. But like, he is present. Like, I mean, there is like some of the most horrible, I mean, especially, I watched all of them in a row. Um, uh, uh, even though there's reiterated footage or whatever it's very difficult to find the first two so I'm mainly saying that to show off but you don't need to watch <laughs> you don't need to watch all of them in a row you just need to really watch Life of but seeing them develop and and uh, I mean there's horrible like there is it depicts real spousal abuse at various Jeez. points yeah. it, it's really um, really harsh sorry I don't mean to wreck the buzz on the end of your uh, start talking about how good my podcast is again no but like it's, <laughs> it's just one of the things this year that really struck me you know that was really like uh, god that's very because I, I watched like loads of these documentaries this year partially for the show and i mean some of the stuff like dead hands dig deep or something is a documentary i can't actually basically ethically recommend to anybody but this one is just on the borderline it's very very like it. it you do see somebody you see a couple of dead bodies and one of them in a pretty advanced state of decay but um it's uh it's just it's it's so it's so bracing, and it's. I, I think sometimes that having it both ways. saying you're right that that's very '90s, but I think it's also a bit more honest about the documentary form than some stuff is. You know, because it is full of these contradictions, and it seems to be more. It seems to be at least more abrasive, and therefore making you more aware of them than something a bit more like uh, slice oh, of handy might be.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was slight of handy. I just mean like sort of like there was, there was a kind of thing where. I, I, everything from like Louis Thoreau, who I don't think you've ever heard of, to like uh, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer would put would run this little kind of like really mini uh, you know freak show, and then he'd have like a closing thought or something, whatever. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. it was just kind of like, at, to me, that always felt like a kind of giving the game away. Because like if you're really caring about the well being of certain people, you probably wouldn't trot them out on film. Yeah, Which exactly. Is, but but in the, if 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 what you're talking about, if he's actually in a punk rock way trying to get them to kick junk while screaming at them, like maybe, but like
3: yeah, yeah, it
2: does. It does remind me of iconic early two thousands moment of when they had the director. What you're saying there reminds me of this when they had the director of Bumfight on Doctor Phil, and he Ooh. came out. He came out dressed as Doctor Phil to illustrate a point, and Doctor Phil threw him out like before he got to sit down. Because he was basically saying, "You are me, Doctor Cheryl," which is not <laughs> untrue. And then, uh, Greg Greg Barron, who is uh, who came up with the phrase, "He's just not that into you," and then spent the rest of his life sort of uh, uh, worrying about that. Quite a kind of a nice enough guy, but he's he's uh, he was the male writer on Sex and the City and stuff. But um, he uh, he had a talk show for a while, and I bet it's been memory hold now. You can't get it, but he used to have a podcast. And he talked about hosting one of those shows, like those kind of... And his was only like medium exploitative. And he said they used to bust people in like they used to bring people in, get them angry, feed them drink, oh, sometimes put fake teeth in their heads to make them either more or less palatable. Not tell them the other person was there. I mean, the ultimate example is: is it Ricky? Is it Ricky Lake that the guy uh, confessed a crush on a male coworker and then the male coworker murdered him? Or, no, it's not yes, just a Raphael thing. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, that, yeah, one of
0: the. Two. I thought yeah, you were going to say kind of the,
1: the one, one where there. they there was God. There was a whole rash of ones that were about like uh, plastic surgery. Oh, and, those were all off of you. And, and they did one where, you know, they got this woman's family members to call her ugly under duress because they're her family and they don't think she's ugly. But for, for the arc of the show, they got a bunch of footage of the family members calling her ugly and being ashamed of how ugly she was, then shot her looking at it and crying. And then that something fell through and they didn't use that person and give her the surgery and then she killed herself.
2: Jesus I think it was
1: called The Swan or
2: something. Yeah, like The that. Swan. Yeah, that's it. I mean, this stuff is all oh, so yeah, horrible. Sure. Yeah, it's it, it, w- something to mention about these documentaries. Sorry for monopolizing the show with this kind of non-funny thing. But um, it's uh, some, something fine. about these, docu- these documentaries is that uh, there's one, so Louis Theroux, right, who I um, have many thoughts on because he was sort of, I wanted to be him when I was 18 or 19, you know. And now I realise that a key component of that is having a very famous dad um, in, in, uh, in the country he's from. But uh, anyway, he, he made a documentary with Jimmy Savile um, who I don't know how familiar. Ooh, yeah, yeah, don't know how familiar course. your your American listeners or North American listeners. Oh, they, we, we know him. Yeah, so yeah, he's this I mean. guy. Yeah, he's like the he's he's a Dracula. Like he's the most horrible, violent paedophile of all time and operated in basically plain sight in the highest level of British society. He was an ent- light entertainment guy, but um, Louis Threw made a doc had these documentaries where he followed around a weirdo um, for like. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks in the late nineties, I think maybe early two thousands, and a lot of these people were actually quite controversial. I believe another one was like Robert Maxwell who tried to slander him while it was happening and all this kind of stuff. But um, but uh, the, wait, the,
1: who is was who Robert Maxwell? He's a
2: news. I might be wrong about Robert Maxwell now, but he's a newspaper. He was a kind of a he was a kind of a what would you call it? Like um, PR mogul. I'm definitely getting this wrong now. Um, when Louis met, hold on, let me see, because the the the, the, <laughs> the series was called When Louis Met. And it was uh, Max Clifford. That's it. Sorry, Robert Maxwell. Okay, because I think
1: it. Robert Maxwell is is just laying Maxwell. Yeah, I was gonna sad. say, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> I was, I was, was like, gonna get a bit eyeball I was like, emoji was, there. Was there was there a Louis yeah. hanging out with was, okay yeah.
2: No, no, but it's Max Clifford who was also this who basically Max Clifford was like his job was to um, kind of go out and invent heterosexuality for his clients and stuff like he's a really really inte- a horrible person but uh, Louis through did a documentary with Jimmy Savile and it was sort of almost praised at the time because there was one scene where Jimmy Savile talked about running nightclubs and um, uh, he talked about beating people up and uh then how he would tell policemen that their 16 year old daughter was in the nightclub and if she wanted to keep going that they'd let her let them stay open and that was regarded as this kind of big character breaking moment but i think he vaguely says something about pedophilia to him and he he um he uh dismisses it but louis through actually made this like garment rending documentary called like what was it called again? Was it called Savile? So the first one was called Weekend with Jimmy, <laughs> and this one was called Savile, and Yikes. it was like twenty years later, and I think, or it was around the time of his death, and it was Louis through. It's such a perverse, weird thing that only the British media could produce. Basically.
1: Well, guess, was it like a long mea culpa for him being silent on but Jimmy? The, it was the or? yes,
2: and the, it the style of it was what was particularly weird in British. He basically goes around people to people who have publicly come out as victims of Jimmy Savile and they call him a dickhead and they tell him how horrible he is. And it what? is like this, yes, it is so strange. I'm not even sure if it's useful. I'm actually pretty sure it's not. But um it's just so like it's so It's not. It isn't. It's not self-excoriating, you know. In terms of like, how did he not notice? How did he spend all this time with them? How he contributed to this kind of Jack the Lad persona and everything like that. It's a like Savile is a really weird documentary. But
1: didn't 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 Savile get like almost half a century of that treatment from a whole country? It it, it only came
2: out after he died. And like, Uh. this is a guy who like he was did all this charity stuff and whatever. But like, he had keys to wards and children's hospitals. Oh, Jesus and Christ. Roo- and That's roo- private yeah. rooms in them. So, like, this guy is, the evil of this guy, I don't want to go into it any further, but it's so, and he was pictured, like, he used to have dinner with the Queen at Christmas and shit like that. Like, I knew that, like, this guy was in the highest echelons of, he pr- 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 was one of the Top of the Pops presenters. So now, uh, uh, digital archiving point here, folks. Uh, probably not, but anyway. They don't show a load of episodes of Top of the Pops now because he was the presenter on them. And you can't, Show. Man, that's that.
1: just that's just hurting that's just hurting all of those bands. It's like, what if you yeah. want to see a perform as status quo or something? Yeah, right? exactly.
2: Like, what if you want to see <laughs> the specials be cool or whatever? But uh, but like, yeah, it's it but it it is I mean, Louis Thru also, I think I'm trying to remember when Jimmy Savile died, but Louis Thru also made this extremely weird documentary where he went to Koalinga, which is that giant prison for paedophiles in the middle of the US. But um Oh, dude, yeah,
1: yeah I yeah. There was a lot of British people going to Coalinga for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, it, it's, it's British what? society is so strong. <laughs> as,
2: as, as an observer of it uh, from uh, just beside it, it is very weird. It's very cliche to be an Irish person down on Britain, but that's because of the whole. Oh, come on. Years you've, thing. You've,
1: you've got history that you can do. Yeah, that. yeah. It's, I also it's, like to do it just for fun with my friends. Oh, it should. It's,
2: it's good. It's good. They can't defend themselves. What are they going to say? You know. But anyway, so that's a giant bummer in the middle of your end of your podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, what do uh, what did you enjoy alex wait i was just thinking about the
1: whole the whole thing about like media excoriating itself about itself mm. is so fucking weird and the weirdest thing that happened semi recently was like with the with the britney spears conservatorship oh, yes. where basically she was a slave yeah. to her father controlling and basically you know following laws of if she was like a child star well into her adulthood as a mother and a person and stuff but there was this thing that happened with you know on twitter and in general but a sort of pundit people who are going like we all did this to her and we have to look back at what we did and you're just like that was you yeah that was you and also fine if you if you were the person who made your bones being like look at this crazy bitch ha 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 she cut her hair she's crazy she's crazy and then like Ten years later, you're going, like, we hurt her so bad. Like, it's it's just the same. It's just a different side of
2: that coin. Like Yeah. It's, you did I this remember, every week for money. Like, it's not like it wasn't a societal. Yeah, yeah.
1: My friend Sam sent me a tweet from, uh, if you guys don't know who this is, perfectly fine. There's a guy named Perez Hilton who back in the day yes. got really no, That's what I was going
0: to say. How it's could we not know Perez about
1: Perez Hilton? Oh, uh, I
0: don't know. Maybe
1: I'm just used to talking to people who were. Younger than me, and I I barely know who Perez Hilton is, and like people are like, no, I have no idea who that is. But big you know, stern guest, he he was a guy who kind of made his bones like taking photos of like Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan, and like MS painting drawings of dicks in their mouth and stuff. Yep. And he came out during the Britney thing. It was like. We all must apologize for what – and it was like, yo, you're the last person. You're the yeah, last yeah. person to, <laughs> yeah, you, you to make no this about you and yeah.
0: grandstand. Like, I mean I think a lot of it is just like the, the desire – so this is going back. I mean I, I prefer listening to you guys talk than talking. But uh, uh like I – you know, thinking about what Sean was saying way earlier about sort of like the moralizing that happens with um, uh, documentarians. Like I was thinking about this movie I watched in um, grad school called uh, – which – Maybe you've seen it or maybe – I realized it was Mark Singer, which is funny, uh, but uh, called uh, Dark Days about basically oh, yeah. pe- people who live uh, under the well, – like, Yes, uh, disused, I remember this. Uh, it's got uh, a very
1: channels. famous DJ
0: Shadow theme that yeah. plays. Yeah. Boom, yes. boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Right. Uh, but the – so like the – that movie, I was checking out like the Wikipedia and stuff and there's like no controversy about it or anything. And even that film where like they – the one guy they're like, yeah, like he's finally clean. And then at the end it's like, he died cause he relapsed. Then yeah. it's like, it is, it is framed like, ah, these poor people, they tried so hard and our, our influence wasn't quite enough. Um, I think like there, there is a, there's a real desire to be like, um, the arbiter of morality of all times when you're behind the camera. And I think like, you know, trying to get it back, like, you know, through yeah, is man. a, is an interesting filmmaker. I don't, I don't mean to like, um, I don't know, like make him seem one dimensional, but like trying to do something like Savile's trying to get back the high ground to be able to say like, Hey, like, look, I can, I can, you know, mediate reality for you. Mm, And I think that's what like, I mean, I think that's what, um, Bryce Hilton's doing too. In, in, in like, you know, talking about celebrities, the way Hilton did particularly was a way of mediating reality. And so like, in order to do that, you have to kind of have a, a sort of moral high ground and it just, it, doesn't but it, work, it, but it it's a, It's also funny because, like, you
1: know, I was kind of away out of the country when the newest forms of, of like, reality show stuff kind of took form. And I wonder if, like, it doesn't exist without social media because everything seemed like a... I don't know, man. I, I got super freaked out by... I don't remember the name of the show, and I want to call it Relapse, but it's not. It's about people trying to get clean and... People watched it for comedy, like that one girl who was huffing dust off and singing "I'm Walking on Sunshine" and whatnot. Yeah. That show, and I remember, like, I was out of the cultural milieu, and I came back. With friends of mine were like, "Yo, you got to check this shit out. It's hilarious." And then the last, like, ending note is like, "Yeah, that person back. They're back on drugs and probably die." And you're like, yeah. "Yeah, okay. Well, the hilarity feels a little compromised, man." Yeah, it, like, right. I, yeah,
2: there was lo- so much stuff like that early. There was that stuff was happening way later than. Even, I think, the cultural memory has it now. I mean, it's still happening. Like, I've heard loads of people joking about shows like um, Dating on the Spectrum or whatever, you know, which are these this big phenomenon, which I think is very suspect to me of these kind of... Brit- it's, it's a British show format, but I think it's been used in other countries, which is ostensibly very heartwarming, which is people that are living with intellectual or physical disabilities who are set up on dates together. And a lot of it is like, you know... And I'm... A, I'm I'm on the spectrum and I have other things going on so I, I kind of I, I can see how it's being commodified a little bit because it's people who are like oh this guy managed to chat up this woman and they both have you know and, and, and it's 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 they work with these services that do this and everything but I've seen so many people like reframe this as comedy you know what I mean or say and, oh in, yeah in a way yeah. that still tries to imply solidarity with these people and I just don't think it's it's possible I mean like what what interests me as well is there's all these forms of TV now but very few people talking about documentary like this is a thing on YouTube as well there are like 10 part document, quote unquote documentaries which is just like one YouTuber talking about another one to figure out if they're a sociopath or whatever and the thing is this sounds like a kind of a It sounds like a really niche thing these get like 20 million views no I views. was going to
1: say there's probably every everybody who's like 12 to 18 has probably knows this whole cosmos yeah. of celebrities and also knows them in some really distinct parasocial way where it has like like, yeah and then when he said that thing to Brandon it showed that he was you know like not an j, but actually a blah you know what yeah, I mean like,
2: and they're making all this stuff about each other and there's all these call outs and all this kind of stuff and it's so deeply about it's, it's like it's like if like Adam Curtis made documentaries about how much he hated his next door neighbor or something like it's, <laughs> it's completely fucking bizarre I wish
1: he would can you imagine an Adam Curtis documentary <laughs> that's totally about his own emotional life but it's in those terms he was like
2: a- he was arguably, like he
1: was like <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife that I would wash the car. But yeah, I mean, arguably Adam Gertz's
2: yeah, documentaries are about that. It's like, yes, and then my neighbor said, there was, a, I was playing Burial too loud. But of course, there is no way to play Burial too loud. He was wrong and it would change everything. And it's, um, just, a, it's just
1: footage of like a kid from Lassie, and then like a cigarette ad from like... Yeah, cigarette. exactly.
2: Like like an ad for like, you know, uh, uh, Fizzy Pop from England and being like, uh, yes, I had to stop drinking Fizzy Pop because of my teeth. But that's what it is. It's like these really weird abstract kind of stuff. But even... um you know, um, Shannon, who uh, was, I had, uh, they were a guest on my show, uh, Shannon Strucci, yes. who made the Paris... They were a guest on my show, too. Yeah. Alex, were they a guest on your show? No, uh, but
1: I've in a chat about anime that they sometimes uh, <laughs> jump
2: in on. <off. laughs> That's It's a name-drop triple, folks. Word but, uh, up! <laughs> but, uh, Word up but to Shannon. Their, their, their documentary about I mean they single-handedly bought the word parasocial yeah, back absolutely. into and are now like a fucking episode of the Twilight Zone tormented because people keep yes. misusing the word and and then it, somebody will inevitably send them the the fucking misuse of the word and I think it, and but their documentary about it was it was like that's the good side of what YouTube's documentaries can do and unfortunately very Susceptible to copyright fuckery, you know what I mean? But like you people <coughs> pouring the same amount of detail. I mean, you have like five hour. I mean, the one I always think of is there's this guy called um he was on the Opie and Anthony forums. Opie and Anthony is it was basically <laughs> what it was the alt right in the two thousands. Way it's way too difficult to understand, but it's a it was a radio show. But the Opie and Anthony forums basically turned against the people that they were a forum for like fans of and one big poster on it has moved to YouTube now and he made an eight hour documentary about two years in the life of Anthony Cumia who uh, got fired for racially abusing a woman and taking photographs of her in the street and has turned hard outright and all this and he hosted he had Gavin McInnes on his network when he was starting the Proud Boys and all this kind of stuff but has a very torrid social life but these guys have turned into like pseudo documentarians now there's like there's a like Beige Frequency and Porcelain and stuff and they will often say they'll deliver these kind of documentaries about particular internet figures like comedians I'm sort of still morbidly interested in comedians and how their entire existence now is just joke-free grandstanding no
1: that's that's absolutely what it is that's so weird that especially like that sort of like new york crew and all the people who talk about like well if fucking lenny bruce was still alive that whole it's it's funny because they it's not about comedy anymore in
2: the slightest like but but it's what strikes me is these document these kind of pseudo documentaries that these two guys make they'll throw in like virulent transphobic asides and stuff in them because their conception of media was still formed by this nihilistic shock jock kind of thing and they also have this fixation on the private life of comedians because that's what comedians that's that's kind of that's what they are their cult's personality stuff as well but that's how stern and that's how ONA how but, it's but sort of created create drama funny, on the shows like, I
1: can understand how like you know like pro wrestling you have all of the dramatic entanglements and the loves and the hates and the people who get along and the people who turn against each other but the funny thing is like those are characters you have the same thing with any high drama ensemble story that has a bunch of different characters interacting It's weird that that I guess back in the day, people listening to talk radio definitely had that had that relationship with whoever they were listening to. But the fact that now that's pretty much everybody's relationship with everything, including themselves. But also, like I don't know, man. Like how long has Opie and Anthony not been on the air? Yeah,
2: exactly. It's it's like it's like (laughs) six or seven years.
1: It's almost like a decade, and it's just someone who's like. But I feel that way about so many YouTube things that I'm interested in, then occasionally I'll be like, oh, is that fucking movie, video game, whatever, any good? And it's like, everything wrong with this. And then you look at it and it's like 18 hours long and you're like, no, no thank you. Oh, the Dark Souls,
2: like the fucking eight-hour documentaries about Dark Souls, whether they're good or bad or anything like that. And I like... bomb, i think he's good and stuff but he he has moved into doing other stuff now but he had a I, well i think he's about to put out a very long uh, deus ex video but um but but i i do think he's he's, he's p- pretty good but there are lots of different it is like there are such a it's so funny because i'm always very attuned to hearing attention span put forward as a as a reason why culture is decaying you know because it's a very easy <laughs> yeah. thing to do but as somebody who like i don't want to beat my fucking drum about it but as somebody who has that executive function stuff I think it's exactly the opposite like Twitch and everything like that people are watching like 8 and 9 hour Yeah, I remember, of content I remember
1: having that conversation with Trev like years ago because like so it, whatever I'm not going to rehash it but the funniest thing was like for whatever reason I was actually getting in fights with Gamergate people because they were attacking my friends on the internet and they just seemed like young, stupid people. So I was trying to talk to them. They're like, you say that, but watch this refutation. And they'd send me, like, a video that was, like, 10 hours of just some guy talking to camera about w- why women are dumb or whatever. And I'd be like... No, oh, yeah, absolutely I'd be like, stuff. I'd yeah. be like, no thanks, man. And also, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope you're not sitting there and watching 10 hours of you just talking to some, like, strange, like, male inferiority complex mutant guy programming your mind for 10 fucking hours. But I yeah. guess, like...
2: Ugh. I mean, that's that's so that's where all of the atheists went. That's where all of the performative <laughs> atheist guys and everything like they went to transphobia because they're like this. If you follow rationalism without any other, you know, like ideology or whatever, they went to all this kind of horrible transphobic and and kind of cancel culturey stuff because it was the, it. There's always an hour's worth of shit to talk about and that's essentially what they're looking for every day you know and, i thought that
1: I, was it's kind of a side note but i thought that was really funny with dawkins especially about how at first he was like you know like god is a delusion it's responsible for all the worst things blah blah, blah. and then as like he just found that he was a cultural property and not an intellectual one he, he just slowly dropping hints like i'm no god guy but You gotta admit, the bells around Christmas time sound pretty good. Yeah. Better better than that call of prayer. And I don't believe in God. I'm just saying. Yeah, while, I'm just saying.
2: Like... If I did, I'd have a ranking, and I can tell you who's right there at the top. Yeah, no, definitely. But I, I think also like just to, that that stuff about the length of the content. Um, before we just go back into razzing Richard Dawkins, which I'm totally <laughs> happy with. But uh, is that I think now lame media theory alert. But that people, whenever you read about cinemas in the 30s and 40s, they had like double bills and all that kind of stuff, and they would just run, and people would go into them whenever and watch like and. Br- 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 Block of time. It might be the end of one film, is shortened, the start of another, and go out again. And I think content is weirdly like looped around to that. Even even if you see the studio system, yeah, that's weird.
1: I I used to hear the same thing about sort of like music hall and even like opera when opera was a little low low class thing that people would like a Shakespeare play would be going on and somebody would just like jump in part way and watch part of it and I always yeah. thought that's so weird but you know it could have been it makes total sense if it was a social thing yeah.
2: Opera has like- always been low class to me I detest <laughs> unless it's light opera which you know You're just I,
0: talking I, about the browser now yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know what actually this fucking thing we're using to record purports itself to be at the cutting edge of the internet and doesn't work with opera a browser I use and I am furious I had to open it in, in Chrome and that anger has under under, has, has been an undercurrent in this entire show that i'm really oh, good that's that's
0: why it's been so good wait
2: <laughs> yeah. what is what's what's opera oh it's just nerd <laughs> shit don't worry about it. uh but it's just a browser that people who are like exactly my age use is uh, it like a, it's
1: like a vpn
2: no 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 it's, it's a browser it's like it's like kind of like when firefox was getting too up itself people went to <laughs> opera pretty sure yeah it works yeah like yeah. It.
0: yeah yeah but um, it's fine yeah it's it's yeah it's just like it's just like uh Hyper nerd. When I used to work Uh, in
2: tech support um, for those storage three months, um, I I remember people would come on uh, occasionally and be like, it says my site doesn't work with something called Opera and I'd be like oh no and I have to like explain to them what Opera was and explain to them it's half a percent of the user base and it's still but be it's mad. all the turbo nerds who will yeah, spend if, on you yeah yeah well I mean no it's it's all of the people who <laughs> know about torrent trackers are so quite the opposite but, um, but uh, it's like it's like uh, Stuart Lee says about his his audience he managed to cultivate the exact audience who know how to download shit for free um, but, uh, but yeah no it's it's uh, it's Opera is is definitely Opera the singing and opera the browser, uh, two uh, polar ends of, of usefulness, in my opinion. No, but I mean,
1: you, I, I just heard that, like, you know, like Mozart doing opera to begin with was kind of like super slumming it because you were supposed to make shit for noblemen and whatnot to play in their houses. And oh, that was I, just, I, yeah, I'm joking. That was just I, just, I know, I know, I know you are. I just thought that was so funny because, like, literally everything we have that is high culture at some point was low culture. That's oh, yeah. why I've, I've kind of never believed in that high low dichotomy about whatever
2: well like... look at food like food is all like I mean, oh, yeah. and, and it's not it's not there's not, not just saline baby or whatever you know it's it's all of that stuff is like like it, it kind of it's all this elevated peasant food which i think they've stopped using that phrase somebody somebody put a word in the ear of all those fuck nuts a couple of years ago to stop Were they saying... actually saying peasant food yes and yeah, i yeah, missed yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing uh, but uh, no no i mean i watch nothing the only tv i watch is Bosch and cooking shows and uh <laughs> and sometimes Combined at the moment, yeah. Sometimes I'll, yeah, I'll double drop it if I'm feeling real feisty, but uh, but no, it's it's and the cooking shows, like, there's such a set format of like, I want to use British produce and I want to use, you know, you know, it's lads using offal for like 150 pound like courses and stuff like that, and then they'll also be like, I want to bring fine dining technique, which means French to food specific ethnicity that's the other big thing that happens all the time that's
1: that's a thing i've gotten into over the covid years and uh if i didn't think i had covid today and didn't go and get a test i was going to try to pick up some chicken awful no chicken feet and chicken necks to make uh, Mm. a japanese skein man using chicken neck
0: you know who loves chicken feet and chicken necks ghouls and my my grandmother grandmother. (laughs) yeah it's Uh a grandma thing yeah yeah uh, let me ask you guys something, because um, it's it's getting uh probably probably well, got like twenty more minutes, uh, before I have to No, we uh, you heard shuffle the, the off reason, to buffalo. The
1: reason why Sean brought up ten hours kind of thing <laughs> is you're in you're not getting yeah.
0: out it's like the second <laughs> the doors are locked from the inside and, this is like it's, the second to
2: last
1: episode of the prisoner we're gonna yeah, do this yeah. to one of us dies
2: yeah yeah and i mean bear in mind as well it is 20 to 1 in the morning for me
0: so if yeah, i can, no, if for, i can do for this shod <laughs> um, i i feel i feel but um one thing i really wanted to ask you guys and the reason i'm bringing it up now is i don't want to i don't want to not do it you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about, uh, in this episode reminds me of like the, it's something that came up a little earlier. It's this sort of, um, urge to, um, have something extreme, right? Like the idea mm. of an extreme sort of cinema, um, the, 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 the brief sort of fascination with like French, French extremism or, um, you know, the recent turn to like, uh, again, like the, the Blumhouse A24 stuff, this idea of something, you know, everyone talks about how uncut gems made them feel like genuinely anxious and that idea of genuine uh, negative feelings. I mean, that's something that you and Astrid, Sean, really um, uh, question a lot and, and, and Alex and... Um,
1: I think, yeah, but if, I, I think I kind of, um, I think me and Sean are on, on totally different wavelengths about that. Well, like, yeah,
0: so I, I want to know. Like So, yeah, l- let me ask you. So, like, this kind of radical or, or sort of urge for a, a negative, but extremely <laughs> authentic feeling, right? What, do, what do we make of it? Cause like, honestly, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about today, especially stuff with documentaries, stuff with, uh, thinking about like, um, self flagellation about, <laughs> about like, about gaming in general, right? Yeah. Like a lot of this is just like negative feeling Skinner boxes. So like, why, why in 2021 is it such a, a pull to uh, find something that makes you feel terrible uh, about yourself or about the world and then kind of mainline it or that's not right. Find something that is a deeply unpleasant experience and, and seek it out.
1: See, I don't, I don't think I seek out deeply unpleasant experiences, but I think I seek out complicated experiences, which can be semi unpleasant. Okay. Um, I was never, I was never, I've watched a lot of, uh, horror stuff that I think overlaps with stuff Sean's watch, but like I'm a fragile thing. That was never, that was never my aim. So like, I don't know. I, I think the older, I feel like if you asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have a whole lot of ideas about authenticity and art and in, in uh, emotion and experience. But I think using, <laughs> using social media for a decade and seeing that authenticity is the perfect fucking hinge that everything can swing on because it's totally unprovable is not a reason why I like extremity in art. I think, I think what I find is expression that is not so anxious about how it will be received can get to something closer in the same way that like plays about tragedies can get very rote, but, Things that acknowledge death can actually talk about human emotion, other than mm. ones that, that like a musical where basically death is denied, you know? Y- yeah. So right. that's my take. I mean, I, I try to I purposely try to put stuff in my art that is not cool. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Is is not is not something that someone's looking at and thinking that this is cool or stylish or even like respectable. As a so, way, so
0: respectable is the word that I kind as, of as kind in of a Why? way
1: as a way yeah. to to tell the audience like this is kind of at first might seem trashy but follow me here because we're, we don't have to follow certain rules you don't have to come in here and be like okay this is a set experience and I already know all the parameters once something doesn't have that or signals to you that it's not going to do that you don't have to feel like you're playing a board game as much as you're in totally new territory yeah i mean thought.
2: i mean that's what that's what is so like deeply compelling about alex's comics right is that they're a, this totality you know it's this it's this lack of because I think like my least favourite thing in the world is when somebody does a, a noir parody and they play a fucking saxophone which <laughs> show find me a fucking noir film that has a fucking saxophone in it dickheads but like uh, anyway it, it, uh, there are them but it's not anyway it doesn't matter but like it's it's the opposite of that where like find me one there are seven <laughs> it's every single it's, and I hate them each for different reasons no but like probably in Blast of Silence anyway look um, there are there is also that jazz version of Hamlet so <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, like, Alex's art, right? Everything, it's not flat. It's all at the same level where it's like, it, it's taking everything as like, it's the totality of a person. Like, it's how people actually experience art where it's not like, oh, we're going to go into this thing with parody, you know? Because if you think about something like Sin City, right? Like, that's that's a guy taking an idea and trying... That's, like, homeopathic noir, right? It's, its like, trying to yes. concentrate it by taking the smallest idea of it possible and blowing it out to this thing, like, literally making it two colours and all this kind of stuff. Apart from the bits that are red, we've all read Yellow bastard, or <laughs> whatever. But, like, Dagon's art is, like, so... it's so empathetic right and it's so it's really beautiful but it's also really considerate of like everything is happening to you all at once when you're a person you know and like (laughs) this is this is what like you read when you read these stories and it's like it's just it's this it's like watching ideas it's it's Anybody who can draw what feels like the inside of their head without using any dia- I rem- dialogue for, I mean, the newer stuff is dialogue, so also great. But I, I remember reading it and thinking like, this is like really fucking intimidating. You know what I mean? Like, and it's really, really interesting. And it's the kind of thing where it, it allows you to have so many ideas about it. Like, if you look at the reason I think we're, we're a little bit opposing on it is we're like, Astrid and I on the show take this very narrow kind of cinema. And not all of it, I think the miss apprehension that we've maybe put across of it is all of this is extreme in a bad way like like we've we've talked about like documentaries that explore queer sexuality or something like that that are extreme like they're about bdsm or whatever but they were very important to me and kind of figuring out stuff about myself say but it's using extremity as a medium about which to travel through everything whereas deegan stuff is like it's everything is there you know what i mean it's like so generous it's this art where it's like everything is kind of it goes down all these pathways, but none of them are, ha, 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 this is a parody of this and everything. It's like, this is what the human soul is like or whatever. And it's really, <laughs> really exciting. I really love it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's that's what, that's, that would be my take on it. So. I'm i mean,
1: so always taking compliments without just like biting my fist to not be like, you're wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all garbage. Um, no, but I think like, I think, you know, that's, the, there's something about that in like, in thinking about, uh, I mean, thinking about reading Deegan's recent work with like, which like, you know, not to since it's like not out. I don't want to give too much of it away, but like, <laughs> there is a level of like interrogation of um, uh, comic book tropes, but not in the way you'd expect. Where it's like, oh, let's show how all of these things are messed up. It's much more in the way that it's like, let's take some, let's take like ideas and signifiers and like kind of just like throw them out there in different ways and 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 approach in that sort of like like culturally generous way, right? Yeah, like, I think you're right in saying like. That everything's kind of happening all at once in a way that it, you know, I only ever feel like it is in my own head. I think that's a really good way of saying it. I also think like you know it, it describes a lot of what I like about your podcast, Sean. And that, like the, I'm thinking about the episode with the um, the lesbian vampire romance. Uh, oh movie, yeah, red Blood, Libs.
2: bloods or red lips. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, also, gloves.
0: also, also the one about Pendusven
1: totally. Yeah, also, Pendersven. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm gonna say fits into what Trevor's saying, and I haven't even let him talk
0: yet okay. well, I, I'm pretty predictable. but um yeah, like the the cool thing about that is like it is you know the 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 interrogation of the extreme kind of thing is you're looking for something that feels authentic, but taking it on its own terms, not mm. sort of being like this is authentic and it sucks or this is authentic and like it's embarrassing. It really is like this is authentic and like part of it is like heartbreaking or part of it is interesting or part of it doesn't work. Um, you know, I think like, you know, the 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 general approach to extremity seems to be like either it made me feel horrible and that's great or it was horrible and gave me a break um, yeah. or laughing behind and, your hand
2: at it or something, which I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, agree do well, like at all. We've talked
0: about the mystery science theater thing yeah. Of like, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, don't And think- like I again, still a fan of the show I, at the same point completely uh, convinced by your critiques. yeah. I, but that,
1: I, that was that was a thing where like I don't know. I'm definitely older than you Sean but I think me and Trevor are about the same age. Anyway uh, there was that chart, the charts. Jackass kind of got big or maybe it was even earlier. Maybe it was the land speed thing where like around the same time that people I know had cars and could get alcohol either legally or right, illegally. Yeah. And I remember sort of like when I was younger, older people loved the extremity of like Gigi Allen, which you know, less said the better. But just the fact that it was like this guy did this fucked up shit and ha-ha-ha. But the weirdest thing is there was a kind of democratization about that that people had cameras and also what what you could do in a Jagass situation was easily replicable, easier than like uh, Gigi Allen, right? But like, well, or, and
0: like I grew up, I grew up in the same area as the as some of the jackass oh, guys. Oh yeah, like, you
3: grew up. Yeah, yeah we the and,
0: whole Bam situation. Yeah, southeastern Pennsylvania and Bam lived, I don't know, like an hour away or whatever. But like you'd always have a friend who – like the, the Bloodhound Gang was – Oh, like yeah. We talked the,
1: about this and I yeah, told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But like – you know, The Wolfpack Gang.
1: Well, the only reason I brought it up is I knew people who got super into extremity in that way. But the extremity that they were into was certain of our friends being egged on to do things and after a while being like – Oh, they want my friend to fucking kill himself so they can catch it on video and high-five. Yeah. And yeah. it was even like semi-pre-social media, so they couldn't even necessarily put it up anywhere for real like immediate reaction. And it was funny. I was going to drop names because it's not even a good thing. I, when you mentioned the bum fights guy, I was like <laughs> about to like – uh about to correct you that it was like actually the Bum fights guy who dressed up as dr phil was the second Bum fights guy who bought oh. the Bum fights name from a guy who was even worse who was someone who hung out with like a crew of like professional skateboarders i knew and like the thing was like oh that guy started bum fights and it was supposed to be cool and he was just a scumbag
3: and but that's retro- the thing right where in like,
0: retrospect, he was probably like in his 30s and he was hanging out with us it was like well yeah ooh. but that's like the thing where like if you if you know right like like We all knew someone who was like, Oh yeah, I was at a party and like, I saw a Bam doing Coke or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of approach or like approachability to it is different than Alan, who still was like a carnival barker, right? Like it was still like, I'm the, I'm the head of this show kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Whereas with like jackass and, and actually the, the sort of like really upsetting and frustrating, uh, stuff like bum fights, it was a, it, it's a kind of participatory, like you could be here too. Like you know, we, we could be your might, we could be your favorite band or whatever. <laughs> it's um, just funny
1: in retrospect, though, because like that was before people had smartphones that could immediately upload something. So it was well, like, that's why it worked. because yeah.
0: now now we have like now the idea of I'm going to sound really old, but I think it's true. Like now the idea of. um of a sort of like democratized available art is, is like TikTok, right. Where you can actually be like your own content creator. Um, and that's, that's different than, than, um, Jackass. It's like, it's something that is, uh, like quite a bit more, um, I don't know It like you, if you, if you're sort of saying like Jackass made it so that you could be, Part like friends with the act instead of like. <laughs> no,
1: I was just saying the yeah. main thing about Jackass was it. It was like I had friends who even when we were in our late teens, early twenties, were down a bad road of alcoholism, and other friends who were like, and now I'm going to convince him to jump over this thing that he's not going to make and film it. Just be like, yeah. oh yeah, yo, yeah. what the fuck is going on here?
0: Right? Yeah. 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 No. It. it I, yeah. It's. I mean. It's. I, I. don't know. Like. I think. I think there's like that version of extremity where it's like. um, You're laughing behind your – you're laughing behind your hand. As Sean said, like it is a way of saying like, yeah, look, like these people aren't me. Like I'm doing a normal thing. I'm laughing at them. They're the ones acting out.
1: Or I think there's also a thing where like if you're like just a normal ass dude but like at work you're wearing your your Gigi Allen T-shirt under your work clothing because you're actually out there. But you don't actually have to do anything extreme. You kind of have like – You know when I was talking shit about the dead Laura Palmer Funko Pop the other day, it's like (laughs) this kind of thing where. extremity becomes a token for people to sort of not even feel you know what I mean Yeah. yeah. that that freaks me out um,
2: yeah I mean we I, we have talked way too much about my podcast um, on this already my apologies but we did we did an episode recently um, called some of your friends are already this fucked which is a headline from um, Maximum Rock and Roll about the punk band selling out and uh, yeah, yeah. but it was about <laughs> it was about to because I think of Live at the Death Factory is a bit scene policey in a, in a way I enjoy but uh, but um It was about two documentaries which are like... uh, The the hater misses nothing, my friend. The (laughs) doubt of the hater. uh, uh, Citizen Shane and Dead Hands Dig Deep. And both of those are watching a guy eventually kill himself, the film and it's totally about that it's the logical extension of that where you find someone who is unwell like in the same way as life on the street or whatever but in a different mode where you're hoping one of the things is not this moral thing or this kind of trying to save them or this look at this depravity it's the camera is palpably pushing them towards endangering themselves in a particular way yeah Yeah, that's not examined at all and is and is definitely because i mean i remember there was this uh um welsh version of jackass called dirty sanchez oh god yeah 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 which was way more way more extreme in some respects because jackass has this joy that um, i saw some tweet by this guy pretending to be arson wells that said they were like the new (laughs) men of pamploma which is like this (laughs) idea of like democratizing this really exciting dangerous thing but it was like
1: No, no no dirty sanchez like it got to the point where it was like they were so fucked up and they were just like being like we're in a parking lot just who can punch each other in the face oh, harder. Yeah, and and, and just they like used that. to like
2: jump, stuff that didn't even look, because one of the things about Jackass is it's a very cinematic, like they, they, they like things that look interesting, whereas Dirty Sanchez would be like, jump into this frozen lake. It looked completely yeah. normal, but the guy nearly died. And it's like, it's a lot of different stuff like that, but they appeared in a pub in Kilkenny. Like this is the thing, like, and they, can you imagine the people that turned up and what the, because I think Steve-O's live show Is the most, like, uh, kind of uh, alarming thing to me. You know, this, like, uh, this, like, thing where they would turn up and hurt themselves on demand in front of a cheering audience. It totally. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. It would just be like Steve O, just like. You know, stapling his back or something. Yeah, stapling
2: like, his back. I mean, Steve O had a tattoo of himself fucking a baby on his arm for ages. Like, he has, he, they entered a whole, all those guys entered a very weird zone with that stuff. And, yeah,
1: all, well, no,
0: for sure. They're all I, feel with, like, recovery I feel
1: like Steve O cle- yeah, cle- cleaned up or yeah, something. Yeah, they're all recovery but He did. He's
0: guys like a fairly, yeah. fairly reasonable dude now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I it, think it was after, after like, uh, probably after Ryan Dunn died. Yeah, Ryan Dunn died. Again, like, though, you sort of, like, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, uh, you, you want the simulation of of extremity you want it to be simulated you want to see like you want to you want to be like the that classic story about charlie shee and seeing the 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 guinea pig experiments and like saying like this is real i have to call the police right yeah. but you don't actually want to be in the visceral situation of like witnessing death yeah. you don't want your friends to actually die and once they do the fun is kind of over. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I did. Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: I mean, looking at it just through the only lens that I can, like, it's easy. The weird thing about extremity is, like, there's some really easy ways to be extreme. Like, anybody can be transgressive just by being racist. You yeah. know, like, and it's weird because that's a cheat code for interaction and notoriety for so many people now. And also, as I was saying earlier, that sort of transgression is almost quaint in that it's calling back to a time in the past where people felt more comfortable with that transgression. But like there's extremity that's extremity that's screaming in your face and then there's extremity where somebody's really interesting. Maybe they're screaming in your face but what they're saying is interesting. That's my right. take on it. Like, you know, it's well, No, with, it with, ultimately, with art, ultimately that's I very think... complicated especially like you know, there has to be some reason for you to want to look into it yeah. to get past to get past the complicated or unpleasant things and that's totally subjective
0: but like well and again that's like that's where criticism comes in in some ways i know that's not like the most popular take but like you know if you're if you're like if you're right if you're reading something that like say like american psycho or something like that and you're just like wow this this patrick bateman guy sure stuck it to all those women um <laughs> yeah it's like, funny I mean, but
1: like no doubt there are a yeah, but there are people out there who people think that, it. yeah. But yeah. The, weird, like, the weirdest thing now is we're at a part in like the conversation where people are like, actually, that book or movie is bad because people will idolize
0: Patrick Bateman for
1: their own reason. And it's like, oh, man, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, but like ultimately it ends up being this, this problem of like, OK, we are – we're like – we're relying on, you know – our own immediate understanding of these things as opposed to thinking about them after the fact. And most transgressive art requires some sort of rereading after the fact. Well, like You know, even going back to like the slots, like that is something you could totally read as like, and you, I'm stealing this from you, Sean saying it like, you know, this is like, you, you can see that and be like, this is written by an unrepentant homophobe. Yeah. Um, like it's not right. Yeah, like, it, I it, mean- it, it, it's not, but like, you could read it that way. It'd be quite easy to sort of say, like, yeah, they all got what they were co- was coming to them. This is what those freaks do, and that's not the point of the book. But like, the one of the things that's really important about transgressive art is you have to then be like, hey, you know, I'd like to interrogate this. Like, I want to interrogate the feeling that I just had.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It forces you to look and not to propose it as a as a, a you know an antidote to YA and stuff, which
0: is more complicated than I make it out so you're telling you're telling 13 and 14 year olds
2: <laughs> to read well to be honest with you and I think fucking Astrid always makes this point to me and it's it's right like that's the shit we were into when we were teenagers and we can't very well because I started saying something on one episode you get the feeling that I'm under the cosh a lot I'm not I'm just being an asshole but uh, like I said something on one episode where I was like if you're a certain age you might not want to and she was just like that's bullshit and it, it is because we always get like sometimes to to to, to Astrid just before we record I'd be like loads of teenagers listen to this and then, then I'll start the show because it <laughs> freaks the both of us out. Because we imagine yeah. we're just—it's just people, like it's literally the two E, and that's it. You know what I mean? But um, or or it's it's people that are exactly our age and have our experiences. But um, but like the YA stuff, like the adults into it, it's so tired to criticize YA, and I actually feel like it's more, it's more now the people that are saying everything has to be transgressive or at least as annoying or almost as annoying, but. It's the simplicity where you can... The thing I realised about all this YA shit is it's just how literature in English is taught in school where there is Mm. a way to interpret it there are tropes and whatever you can bring out and it's a necessity of education that has made this and and it's about people who perform well in school because I remember I was always really struck by so many people who do well in English and stuff in school hate it hate reading don't don't like reading at all whereas I was I was fine at it I never did it in college or anything and I think me never doing art and stuff in college is why I still like it. It's why I. I oh, I yeah. It. I, I don't read anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I and mean, that's
0: not. That's
1: no, but not it's funny. I, I feel I like, just, especially yeah. when you're a kid, I feel like the way, you know, maybe in Ireland is the same. In America, schooling especially the schooling that I had the fact that like you'd read a poem and they'd be like there's a correct answer to this did you yeah. get it you'd yeah, be like yeah, no it, yeah. and they'd be like here's the correct answer so memorize it cuz it'll be on the test and it's like that is the wrong way to read poetry man. Yeah, yeah. yeah i know I for sure oh, it's
0: like, so like one of the things that i will i'll say about maybe like um something i'm cuz i i don't like um this is not like new news or anything like that it's not you know interesting but i don't like I've never been able to get behind or get interested in uh, new year's resolutions. Like I just don't care about them. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I don't have any good like social reason why I just don't care about them. But I don't the, respect um,
2: the calendar. That's my reason.
0: <laughs> you are still
2: on your Georgian. Yeah, uh, I, I, I only, I face the moon as an enemy alone. I don't, I don't <laughs> believe
0: <this. laughs> the tide of a, a mark of its terrible powers. Um, but yeah, I like it, the, the one thing that I would love to see more of, and maybe we'll try to create more of in in, in the new year, is this kind of like this this sort of version of argumentation that approaches, um, you know, approaches like things saying that like yeah, I have an interpretation that I think is right, but then also, you know, acknowledges or recognizes the necessity of doing something like that to every piece of like you know identifiable art. So that you can interrogate it and think about it deeper than just the surface level reading, right? Like the idea of disagreement as a good thing or the idea of disagreement as a necessary thing I think is something that people are not particularly OK with anymore. Which is funny because
1: um, you would think the fact that we all have the ability to talk to hundreds of thousands of strangers about things all the time, that that would have to be a rule of thumb for people to get along. But You think? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: No, it's, it's a search for the, the, the consensus. It, it always surprised me that the internet went to that, and I think it's pure naivety or whatever on my part that it did, but it definitely is that just hunger for consensus or whatever. Well, yeah. I,
1: I figure if our lives weren't all like, upended by a bunch of interlocking catastrophes happening at all the time, we wouldn't have to care about like the correct catastrophes. Describe one. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yo, you see that Vikings poster, son? Fuck that shit now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that uh, O is a uh, is a silent. I love I love the people, the people who are like this. O is a silent dog whistle to the Nazis, and someone was like no it's just marketing like, <laughs> yeah it's, not,
2: it's a silent dog whistle to the people who buy A24 hoodies like it's not like Eggy's not putting that much thought into it I've seen the
0: lighthouse he's got two ideas like just uh, no! go, go. <laughs> anyway I so. heard
3: that movie you was Andrew, good you and Andrew like are I definitely
0: been... the handshake people for not very much not really enjoying the witch or the lighthouse <laughs> the
2: witch I, mean, I, I, I went to the witch like a year ahead of time and I was like oh this is really exciting and I had enough time to think about it before it came out that I was like fuck the witch I can't and then it came out. So I accidentally backed into being a contrarian. The only time in my life that's ever happened.
1: <laughs> I'm being a contrarian about The Last Duel, which I watched the other day and thought it was pretty good. It's that not was. the best movie ever, but uh, I, I really liked it. And the way he films combat is pretty amazing. And uh, the way the story is told... It's uh, pretty straightforward whose story you're supposed to believe, but there's an interesting thing where you see kind of like the subjective, totally different view of what happened through different eyes. Uh, yeah, That's my
2: will, take. <laughs> I will say I love his film. I haven't seen, because I'm ethically against new films, but I haven't, I, I, his film, The Duelists. Um, which is from the 70s as well. That was his first film. Yeah. Right? Uh I know I think maybe.
1: wait, is that the one with Kaitel during Yes, the... yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. god, that's such a great it's and ridiculous so movie.
2: So there's two perfect Ridley Scott films. There's is Alien and the Duelists. Um uh Blade Runner Mid. Don't want to talk about it. But the Duelist <laughs> oh. is is um listen, guys, have a have a second idea, is my encouragement to you. But um, it's the, the Duelist is the perfect film about Twitter because it's just about this guy <laughs> living his life and is fucking prick turns up at key moments and is like fight me and the guy's like I don't know what you want and and they have to fight each other and it's really difficult it's really hard and he just keeps showing up damn
1: uh, you know I had never heard of that movie until like maybe like 10-15 years ago and then I was like how, how could I have never heard of this it's gotta be bad And when I watched it, I was like, this is fucking amazing. It's fucking incredible. And it
2: it also, what year is that from? 72 or 77. I can't remember. It has that
1: thing where it's like perfectly period, but also the film stock and just something about the hair is so 70s that you can't see it as... (laughs) Anything but seventies. <laughs> that that, uh, that
2: was Orson Wells' complained about um about westerns is that they could never get the women's hair right.
3: <laughs> anyway, oh.
2: but but yeah, no. the the duelist is uh, is seventy seven. Yeah, and then he put out Alien. Then his career took a real dip played Blade Runner. So yeah, but I think the the duelist is definitely. I I I'm actually looking forward to seeing the last duel. Although I can't see the last duel, uh, matching the incredible of the press tour for the last two, where like Ridley Scott is literally saying fuck you to people when they ask him questions about films and stuff he's like no fuck you I'm not answering that and stuff it's like oh this guy's 83 that's that's the
1: thing that's the thing that I find really weird about sort of like now school criticism it's like lots of times I've seen people say really kind of incendiary shit to artists and when they react negatively they're like oh well um The art might be good, but this guy's a dick. And you're like, but you were... All right.
2: 75-year-old man refuses to stop punching himself or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) when they're doing it to
1: like an 83-year-old, it's like okay but it's good
2: because ridley scott is just like fuck you very much fuck you because the guy said like this looks a lot better than your film you know exodus and ridley scott's like fuck you fuck you go on fuck you it's uh it's I, I have to you can't i mean the man is pathologically addicted to making films which is, is a very strange condition to be in like i
1: respect it man i i that's i can't even imagine.
2: Like he's, like, he's pumping him out at such a rate. Like, 83, and he did two films this year. Like, it's just unthinkable to me, how it's having that work rate. I know, know.
3: And,
1: and like, Rifkin's
2: Festival, you see that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, don't
3: want,
2: to go, you don't want to go down that road. That
1: guy pathologically makes movies, and I don't think anyone's seen any of them in like 10 years, so. Yeah.
2: Uh... Well, I mean, there's eight guys in France who are like, ah, bonjour, another Tré classic, so at least there's that <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, I have to – I think I have to cut it. Okay. Um, okay. Not because I'm not having fun. But I want to just is. ask one question. Sean, can oh, you tell – this? Yes, please. Can you tell the There's, difference well, I was between... going to ask if you guys had last questions or thoughts.
1: My last question so is perfectly. can you tell the difference between me and Trevor's uh, accents –
2: uh, yes, but it's marginal. Sometimes <laughs> I, I did, I, I, I played it to my, I played both of your voices just for pure <laughs> mellifluousness to my, uh, my, my beautiful wife, and I said, "Can you tell these fucking guys apart?" And she said, "Like yes." Also, tell Trevor he was great on Trash Future, or whatever. But like, uh, she was oh, like, oh, oh, he yeah, was, he was good. He uh, was, that. yeah. I mean, he's great on every. This is the thing. He's, oh. he's oh. very down himself, but he's great. But uh, you should buy a story mode, uh, listener. But uh, but no, like, I can definitely tell you apart just about but it's it might be more to do with the quality of microphone honestly it is very similar the accent to me so yeah no i was just
1: i just thought it was funny because you said a lot of people couldn't a lot of americans probably couldn't tell the difference between different irish accents and to my ear both me and trevor has a philadelphia accent and the way he pronounces o's but it's very soft i have uh probably new york brooklyn accent that is also really
0: soft like yeah I, I was shamed out of my more uh, Philly. I I never had a big Philly accent, but I was shamed out of saying orange instead of orange. Oh, I, yeah, I uh, got I got shamed
1: out of saying forehead for forehead or saying yeah forehead. Uh, There's all this shame.
2: It's, it's you shouldn't be you shouldn't be ashamed at all. I'm never going to pronounce the letter T ever, and, and <laughs> I, I'm proud to say it. You know, to be I mean? my favorite American accent. I will say is Baltimore. I don't think any oh accent god, is, it's
0: it's 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 so
1: funny because Trevor is like Trevor's accent's like a cousin to that accent, kind of. It's
0: it. true. The Philly accent's a cousin to the the yes. Baltimore. Accent. It is, it is yeah. actually, yeah. It, it, They're the two most inscrutable accents I, I think you can Yeah, that,
1: that my favorite thing is my friend Josh Burgraff who, whatever, an artist, was telling me about being in downtown Baltimore and a kid running in the street naked and the dad leaning out. I can't even do the the Baltimore accent, but he leaned out and said, Hey, put some pants on over there, over there. <laughs> and he said over there twice in a row. Perfect. I was like, I was like, why would he say it twice? He's like, that's just that's the style. You just put the style on it. That's yeah, the Baltimore yeah, style. Makes, makes well, that's totally like sense. that's
0: like how I'll just drop Pennsylvania Dutchisms in and say, like, um, oh like uh do is there uh is the do we do we have any uh do we have any butter yet? instead of left <laughs> Yeah. yeah <laughs> like the 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 butters all but the uh what is it the butters all but the flowers yet um oh wow oh wow I don't, like, yeah, I don't know that one i don't know that one all. that's all yeah it's 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 uh lancaster pensy dutch stuff my dad the I'll, I'll share this one my dad said the the weirdest one he ever heard was from like someone from that area and they said well, if they'd uh if they'd live if he'd live till tomorrow he'd be dead a year i've never funny. been able to figure it out that's, that's real that's
2: real mystical shit like that's uh that's i feel like i'm in uh yeah the the matrix is, is out today and i feel like at a key point somebody would say that yeah i, I have to say whenever i hear an american saying "you're man i become more powerful because i'm like uh, I it's do
1: no but it's funny no i love I saying "you're man there is an it's old so fun there is an old kind of Hip hop style saying your man. I mean that's totally that's different.
2: why I yeah that's one of the reasons that like how's your man or whatever like I I it's kind of I always have that in my head as well. I was very happy when I heard like when I got into rap music and I was like oh first of all there's good music and also um, like uh, there's, there's wholly unproblematic good music but also this your man stuff because I love the the kind of the the hip hop kind of bit. It's more accusatory and it brings out well, the, the more. That's accusatory the other thing. But, yeah. That's
1: the, the only way I ever heard it used when I was growing up or I even said it was fucking with somebody and calling, being like oh, whatever happened with your man and then you name the worst person they know and the implication <laughs> is it's your friend and you yeah, have to take yeah. responsibility for it.
2: Yeah, like, As you get your boy, get your boy. Uh, yeah, that, it's,
1: it's literally the come get your boy kind of thing. Yeah, like, that
2: video where the guy fights a baby and he's like, come get your boy, man, come get your boy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I always think, I can hear when people do an Irish your man though and I'm like, yes,
0: yes, yes. Um, Although if you ask an American to do uh, an Irish accent, they will do it and it, it will not make you happy. <laughs> oh, um, totally totally. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> One of the one of the people that uh, we're, we're friends with here um, is is Irish, and he uh, he said like, another mutual acquaintance of ours had just watched Belfast. I was talking to him about it and was like, I want to try. I think I could do a good Irish accent. (laughs) And he tried it for some reason. I was like, ugh. Uh,
2: I mean, like, look, we've all got our stuff going on, but I I will say that people, you know what, actually, Americans, pretty harmless. It's English people, yet again, who come over and they say, say 33, because it's like they say 33 is what they're expecting me to say. And it's like, you know, you're saying 33,
1: you know,
3: like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oof, God, yeah. I had
1: I had I had a a British enemy when I lived in Japan named named Alex too, which was oh, shitty. Oh you stole your name. And oh. he was always really mad at the way Americans talked hypothetically and not Jesus. not 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 the way I talk. So he'd be like, You you guys always say like I couldn't care less and or like I wait, what was he saying? He was still oh he was getting it wrong. He was saying, I could care less. Americans always say I could care less and I was like did I say that? And he's like, No, but you Americans, so I was like, then no, what the fuck do you want from me, Matt? Like, fucking
2: classic George Carlin bullshit where he's got this seriously, thing he worked was like, out beforehand and it's like that doesn't make any sense. He
1: did that shit all the time and he once <laughs> went off on this tangent about how basketball wasn't a real sport and I was oh, like, fuck. I was you. like I was like do you want to play against the NBA and win? I don't give a fuck. Like, what are we talking what are about?
0: D- what is his real sport? Polo? I'm <laughs> guessing. Like, no. Colonialism. Probably, <laughs> well, that is the
1: sport of Kings. Rugby or pederasty, who knows? But like, <laughs>
0: It's, but uh, it was just yeah. funny
1: that it was just weird that I was like the repository for the British guys' problems with mm. different American problems that I didn't have.
0: I've, I've been that guy. I, when I when I studied abroad, there were a lot. Of, there was a Portuguese guy who had talked to me about how like Americans didn't do anything. All the por- like. Didn't. <laughs> so sit around and hear what the Portuguese have done
2: yeah I feel like I'm not I feel very guilty because every time I'm on a podcast I'm like everybody needs to start talking about Ireland anyway I'm about to sing the song of my people like I feel I feel like I have no ideas to offer apart from the fact I'm from Ireland so my wait you're from so. Ireland yeah I know it's my it's my whole thing yeah, no I'm teasing out. you don't next
1: do that I mean uh, I probably talk about New York shit all the time I feel like you're, Trevor you're, talks you're about the Eagles all the time he does he oh, won't, won't like, the I will fuck stop up it about his whole show about
0: it oh god but uh I actually don't have I used to, but yeah. I don't anymore have a whole show about the Eagles. I have a whole show about the Phillies though. Ah uh, well I can't um, tell the listen. I know. Sp- listen. Sports
2: stuff, Trevor. Don't come at me with that. You know what I mean? I I I can just
0: about sports ball. I did a bunch of off off
1: off mic sports stuff with Trevor the other day, just no, to spare can't. people like you from yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: It's true. Yeah, we were talking yeah, we were talking about uh it was actually all the people that, that would be in this conversation. Um uh I invited Andrew but but too late. Uh, but, uh, they, they, uh, they were just talking to Deegan about the Knicks. So uh, all, all the people we all know, except about sports and not about, uh, <laughs> how anything exciting. we all care about. How <laughs> um, well, we, yeah, we, we love sports here. Uh, I, but like literally for me and Deegan jokes for, for no, sure. but it was, um, it was
1: funny cause I was doing, remembering some guys with you cause I don't even watch modern sports I was talking about Malice at yeah. the Palace like I was not even oh
2: that's a- oh, so good <laughs> oh man remembering some guys is like the perfect format it's the, it's the best oh
0: it's so I do yeah I do that all the time like whenever I I, never, I, I'm, I love being i mean, had a couple of chats with David Roth and like my favourite thing is where he'll just organically remember some guys <laughs> oh, because he's so the best good. at it I often
2: wish <laughs> I knew enough about hurling to do it because like you know like mm. DJ Kerry and Henry Shefflin and you know Satanto Halpin and all these you know it's like oh god I'm I just like those names I don't even know anything about Carly but oh. like Oh, so yeah, it's a great name spot. Honestly.
1: All right, yeah, yeah, Oh well shit. It's what? already like 820. I should probably hit the road and make
0: that No, out. no, it's okay. Yeah. Um so uh parting thoughts. Parting thoughts. Uh all right. Well I'm gonna ask you guys to say where people can find your work and uh something that you are either hoping to read or hoping others read in the new year.
1: Hoping others read.
0: Uh, okay, I'll start. It could be another recommendation, basically, if you if you don't have anything that you're excited about. Everybody should read poetry. <laughs> I'm oh, come, not even on. come on, come on. Who's this read guy?
2: Who's this guy? Read the
1: read the work of Rene Char. He was a partisan fighter in France who fought the Nazis, and he used a different name while he was fighting the Nazis because he would not use his poetic name. That name, William Wordsworth. I don't even. It was it was <laughs> Captain Alexandra when he was in the partisans. He wrote collection of his work, which reads kind of like prose, kind of like poetry because it's translated from French. You can find it. It's called The Word is Archipelago. Been reading it while everything feels like fucking doom in the dead of winter as the world's ending. And it's been making me feel good. That's nice. my recommendation. My name is Alex Deegan. I am at <laughs> A to the D. <laughs>
0: You can also also buy your work still. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I I have a comic called Soft X-Ray Mind Hunters from 2018, which I think in spring I'm going to be selling signed versions of. But if you don't want to wait, you can check that out. I have a comic from 2020 called uh, The Marchnor Library, which is a collection of illustrations, kind of like fake covers to comics that don't exist. Really good stuff. And that's it.
2: Um, So I'm Sean um, I think we've all heard quite enough about my show. Um, but say what its name is it's again. Called it's called Live at the Death Factory and <laughs> it's got a really good look. What you do is if you go on to a podcasting thing, look at the only one without a shit logo um, and that's the <laughs> one I have apart from all units. Uh, the, 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 those oh, are, another the, really good those logo. Those are the yes. two good... Seriously. I mean, your logo is good, obviously, but...
0: No, like, no, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm not taking offence. Where, where
2: are the good logos for film podcasts? Everyone's like, oh, here's a fucking uh, uh, camera, 35mm camera. Get a life. Anyway, um so, Live at the Death Factory is my thing. Very sorry to have bought my stupid knee-jerk Blade Runner shit to the show. I'm just joking. It's a great film. If you no, got, you're allowed to. No, you two stuff hours, is good. you just want to wither away to nothing. Um, so, anyway, I <laughs> yeah. think... My recommendation. Yo, I've I've never seen the second half of
1: Blade Runner. Does he ever find out whether she's like a replicant or a lesbian?
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I I was I was hoping somebody put voiceover on to make it a little bit easier to understand, but apparently they fucked all that up. Uh, but um, so my my recommendation for something to read would be um, ooh, let me think. Oh, so there's this book called uh tell me i'm worthless uh which is a buy. Uh, is a buy. it's a me <laughs> uh, Recommendio. Uh, uh, but uh, i'm uh yeah uh, it, it, this this book is really good anyway it's it's you kind of have to know about uh you kind of have to know about uh British shit to understand it. Um, uh, which is but it's it's by this uh bold, bold move for yeah, you to, to, I know, you to
0: yeah. bring this out after after you've just destroyed the British for a whole well, for a whole show. But I have I, I have I a lot of
2: context. It. I have a lot of context for it. You see the thing is any any book where the basically concept of britain is the antagonist is, is 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 really really interesting to me and this is this is a great one of these books um it's called yeah it's called tell me i'm worthless by alison rumfit and it is about uh oh, it's just it's just great it's about it's kind of about a a kind of a, a, a trans woman and a, and a turf who used to know each other who something happened to them in this house the house is also a narrator and it goes through all the stuff that's at the forefront of british Culture at the moment, and it is it is really really um, uh, it's just really striking. And uh, Alison is annoyingly young, um, and has written this novel, which is I uh, did not fair
0: on. Yeah, on, I hate on, when that happens. It's
2: it's a load of bullshit, and we it's we, rude. Yeah, we won't we won't have it. Um, but another uh, great. Um, author you might want to check out is um, uh, Astrid Rose, who I I, I have yeah. heard of also, who is on Gumroad.com. And Astrid writes horror fiction. I, I obviously does a show with me. Horror fiction, really really amazing. Like kind of like again annoyingly good. Uh, the one I always recommend is Gun because it's the most upsetting. But all of them are are really great. They're like pay what you want on Gumroad. Uh, Fatima Morgana, they all they all have great covers and they, they're really, really amazing stuff. So I think if you read those two um, authors, you would make me very happy as well. And obviously also story mode, Trevor Strunk. Oh uh, yeah, get, uh, it, get his uh, ass. It's out there, it's great. I think, unfortunately, I think the first person quoted in the book is me, which is very funny. But- um, <laughs> I, uh, Are you the first? I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm either the first or second. It, great mirth to me anyway, but- uh, where That's I'm That's like, hilarious. Well, I'm, glad,
0: I'm glad I could do that. Yeah,
2: I um, um, I got this book from. I haven't received it yet, but I uh, my wife bought it for me for Christmas, so I look forward to. It oh, that was it, nice so, of yeah. her. Yeah.
0: I like I. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna plug uh, Sean's wife. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, fuck you, man! What the fuck is that, that shit? That sounds pretty messed well, up. Yeah, you might
1: want I...
2: you might want to rescind that. Take, say that out loud. In your, say that in your head again. Oh like, come I'm on! Gonna, I
0: just I'm gonna. We're all saying plug. I'm not saying it in a joke. Anyway. I'm gonna hit you with I a hammer. I, this is an honest. I can't believe the friendship recommendation ends here. that is nice. I'm
2: gonna hit you with a hammer. Episode 200. It's over. This is death now. <laughs> We're gonna, you've just made an enemy. I'm gonna come to oh, America God. and breathe in your last breath.
3: What
0: what what, what, what epi- is this episode two hundred? It's I, I don't know if I'm gonna call this one two hundred or not, but uh, yeah, we're, we're we're coming up on it. This so any ideas? Please The one Trevor
3: dies.
2: Trevor dies in the end. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a, a very know. funny. That's
0: a very funny idea. Yeah. No, I I uh, sorry I I didn't mean to say a yeah, no way fu- that you're Trevor. It's only funny because it's you and you're mortified by I everything. Know. So it's it's totally. Uh, funny. But. Uh, I, you know what, I would, I would like to read, I would like to see more people read, uh, visual novels. I'm, I'm, I'm excited by that, uh, genre and I'm hoping to actually force myself to do more with it this year. Um, reminded me by saying Fata Morgana, House of Fata Morgana is one of the, the most famous ones. Um, but yeah, uh, and then I guess, um, I don't know, I think, I think almost anything either of you have ever recommended to me is good. So, um, if Sean or Deegan recommends you a book or a comic, um, I would recommend go ch- going to check that out. Um, you guys are going to all and, have to read poetry now. <laughs> not <laughs> me. Not me. I'm too strong. I'm too, I'm, I'm too cool, I'm afraid and um can i add, would you guys uh want to come back and do this again sometime soon absolutely I would. Uh, until about five minutes ago yeah but now <laughs> <laughs> now, now i'm ready to rumble i'm gonna we, I'm we well, do, okay you can come back and just take me out. i'm gonna, gonna tune can, you up do, man i'm gonna we, prepare we yourself for the in sweet chin with, music with, <laughs> in person with hammers next time uh yeah, exactly no but i, I would love in person love with to hammers c- is, a, is another really good name <laughs> <laughs> for like a french extremist yeah it's.
2: <laughs> i would love to come back profane forgetfulness about what happened here at the end, and then take <laughs> you down. I'm going to pay a certain heavy eyebrowed man three million dollars to, uh, to 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 no, make no. make the, the the next podcast
0: recording. I heard I heard he can't do that anymore oh, because yeah, of he, things that <laughs> happened in the real world. Here's my favorite thing about Golgo thirteen.
1: His dad just died. His dad just died. Yeah, give him give him some morning time.
2: My favorite thing about Golgo thirteen is I said three million dollars, and Deacon D- DM me and was like, "It was it you, Alex?" It was like, no, "I don't actually, think it was me." I thought it was probably such like John Mack or something. Yeah, because it was like actually, it's. Uh, it wasn't initially three million dollars, and I was like, "This is the exact info. That's the kind of uh, attention detail I want." Anyway, sorry, Trev. you you're, the show is so long.
0: I'm so sorry. Oh, I don't mind at all. No, it's great. I, uh, I you should go to bed, uh, Deacon. You should go get something to eat. I'm gonna go make dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You've you've run yourself really hard today. Thank you both for being here. Um. And yeah, go go check out all their work. And thanks thanks for thanks for doing this. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hagelbon. H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.